Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we welcome Super Metal Dave 64 to discuss the latest news and rumors from E3 2019. We'll learn much more about Super Metal Dave and his YouTube journey. As a content creator with almost 1,000 videos, that's pretty insane. And we'll also talk about all of the latest Destiny news that just came out regarding Season of Opulence and the future of Destiny after Season of Opulence this coming fall. And as a reminder, you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and more. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com or on Twitter at The Destiny Show. So first, I want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How's your week going? Oh, it's it's been a week, I'll tell you. Like it's kind of been information overload basically this week. We've had so much gaming news uh prior to E3 happening here in about a week and a half's time. Like it just seems like the floodgates have opened and we're just getting all this awesome gaming news. And like I'm so excited. I'm also really excited to have Super Metal Dave 64 on the podcast tonight. I'm I just had to say that. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we are so excited to have Super Metal Dave 64. He has put up so many awesome quality videos up on YouTube about all things Nintendo. And we're going to learn so much more about uh, Dave today on the show. And Dave, thank you so much, first off, for being on with us. We really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't really know too much about what what you guys do, but I'm learning obviously as we go here and I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on and I think you've been following me on Twitter and on YouTube. So I had a little bit of talk with you beforehand. So um, I have another friend who's doing another podcast as well, who's just starting on YouTube um, on Sunday. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm kind of going around the bend a little bit here, having some fun talking with people. It's, it's good to do that every, every now and then. Absolutely. (laughs) And today we're actually going to put Super Metal Dave on the hot seat. We're going to learn so much more about Super Metal Dave on the show today. And we're going to talk about all things gaming and E3. And 
give our predictions. And from my understanding, Dave, you're going to be at E3 this year. Isn't that right? Definitely. Absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be there all three days. I got my hotel booked. I got everything set up. I am so, so jealous, but uh, so excited for you as well. It's really, really awesome. And is this your first uh, year at E3? No, no, no. I've been there. Um, let's see. I went I went uh, actually in 2001. It was my first time going to E3. Um, wow. I was... I was uh, I got in from well, that was back when they were they were considering GameStop a uh, reputable place to get access to E3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was back in t- 2001, uh, but before the GameCube launched. So, uh, oh wow, yeah. Uh, so, I, so what? Uh, so basically, I got in through uh, through being having a, con- a contact through GameStop, um, and I got to go to E3 and play the GameCube for the first time before it launched. Rogue Squadron 2, uh, Eternal Darkness, uh, Wave Race, uh, all those, uh, Star Fox Adventures was actually there before it launched too. I played all those games at E3. That was like an amazing experience uh, back in 2001. I was only 21 years old. I, well, actually 20 years old, about to be 21 back then. And um, wow, obviously amazing. I'm a lot older now. And <laughs> so then I went back again um, in 2016 to play breath of the wild so it was it was a gap in between of course and but then um so i went back in 2016 and then i went again in 2017 for uh, super mario odyssey and then last year of course smash Bros. ultimate and the rest of the games they had there too so a lot of fun very cool so we cool. actually me and shadow price went to pax east last year yes yes we did it was it was a lot of fun it was uh it was in Boston. That's where they they have it. We didn't get a chance to go this year, but uh, yeah, we did attend last year's, and we got to you know see a lot of cool games and meet some cool developers and things like that too. There, and it was just it was it was a cool experience, and we definitely like to try E three sometime. Hopefully next year. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely, th- I think everyone should go to E3 at least once. So you definitely have to go, and I don't think it's going to go away just yet. Um, there's still, there's still some life in it. So um, it's there's nowhere when you go there. Uh, if if you ever go, it's it's definitely not a boring place. You know, just because some companies aren't going this year doesn't mean there's no, there's not going to be a lot of stuff to play. Uh, Nintendo's uh, their booth is huge and. Um, mm-hmm. Sega is next to them, so I'm looking forward to playing the Sega Mini. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, and also Microsoft's probably going to have most. I'm going to say most definitely going to have their new system, but I don't think they're going to have it playable. But I do think they're going to be having that there, at least as far as demos and uh, to see how everything looks. And obviously, all the new games they got on Xbox too. And Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm looking forward to playing that. I'm thinking most likely I'm going to be able to play it at E3 because rumor is they're going to have a demo uh, for the public after E3. So I'm thinking I should be able to play it there if everyone else gets to after. So, Dave, I got to ask what would you say is the coolest thing about going to a big convention like E3? Um, it's really all about playing, playing the games that you don't get to play that no one else gets to basically. It's, that's the coolest thing in my opinion. Getting to play them before everybody Um, else probably, right? Yes. Yes. That, that, that to me is the, is the, is the the whole point of going is to play the games. Yeah. You want to talk, you want to talk to the developers there and, and the people and everything like that. But, um, 
really it's more about playing the games because if they have, if the games were not there then i wouldn't be there <laughs> right it's all, it's all it's all about playing those games like like breath, breath of the wild playing that for the first time at e3 man that was an amazing experience like i i cannot even explain how how uh, amazing that was to do it was just an incredible experience um, to play that the whole setup they had there in 2016 the whole thing was decked out like uh, like Hyrule and you know and everything like that it was just an amazing amazing E3 that one was probably the best E3 I've ever been to so far yeah very cool yeah. hopefully we'll get a chance to go that would be really really awesome yeah if Maybe they get Metroid year. like Prime as the theme I, I've gotta go <laughs> like, like Metroid Prime 4 I definitely gotta go. Like when they have that, they like showcase. Games. Oh man, yeah, they, they they got to do that. They got yeah. to. Um, and and uh, I know we'll get into E three discussion later, but that's the funny thing though is to they haven't announced any games yet for what they're going to be playable on the show floor. So I'm thinking there are going to be some surprises. Yeah, I think so, so too. Uh, I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to talk more about uh, the E three and our thoughts because i think this year is going to be a really exciting year at e3 for all types of gamers whether you're into nintendo or xbox or destiny i think there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff showing off at the big convention yeah you can choose your destiny <laughs> Yes. So Dave, how did you get started on YouTube? Uh basically just just uh well well it goes back to my website. I started a website in 2005 called nintengen.com focusing on Nintendo, of course, and it was all about the revolution at the time before it became the Wii and so it was similar kind of stuff but in website form, basically like like journalist type of stuff. I'll do my research and I would post the these these you know informative posts basically like hey look at this you know getting all all this information together about that console then of course the same with the Wii U before it launched leading up to it and then I started doing uh, transferring that over to YouTube because I, I was I was thinking hey you know I can actually talk about these things uh, once I get used to using my voice on on a microphone and and maybe even going on camera but uh that was like a big like wow this is crazy to do put myself out there online but once you get used to it it becomes really easy uh once you get comfortable and then i started doing that and um started using that the research and you know the stuff that i was really into into and transferring it into video form and that's kind of where i got my my niche and uh trying to provide in interesting content but it was more about for me because i wanted to present it to the public because like hey you know people need to know about this stuff like look look what i found let's show people or show the fans you know what i found that you know the, that kind of thing and then people kind of latched onto that it's like wow you know and then i started getting a following and it just went from there you know yeah yeah and were mm -hmm. you always a nintendo content creator <laughs> Oh, I, I well, I, I was actually always doing PC stuff in the in the beginning. Um, Nintendo fan doing PC gaming basically is what I was doing back then. I was doing lots of like uh, testing my PC settings, like uh, first person shooters, and I even did some RTS stuff, um, um, uh, MMO games, stuff like that. But then I uh, 
use that and then I just uh, trying to kind of transfer it into talking about Nintendo more when it became such a huge topic and I started finding information because I, I was like I was doing like forum posts on NeoGAF and um, IGN forums and things like that and, and it became really like just all about typing stuff and everything I was like this doesn't you know I'd rather do something different so I started getting into more of a talking uh, aspect with uh, presenting the information that way very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's it's it's cool. Like how every people get started on YouTube for different reasons and everything like that. And I can definitely see why you said you do it. You know, you you want to share this information. You you want people to know about these things, and then they and they get get excited when they hear about it and everything, and they spread the word and everything too. Because and they comment on your videos, and they're you know they let you know like exactly what then you know if they like it or not yeah yeah and the, the thing about the thing about me and i even said this back when i was uh like had like five subscribers i uh i said that i i don't really make excuses for nintendo or any company uh that's just the way i am um even though i'm a, a nintendo fan i still say it like it is right and of course that 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 makes fanboys upset sometimes but that's just i i can't I just can't force myself to make excuses for something I don't agree with. I just can't do it inside inside of me. I just refuse to do that. No matter who the company is, even if I love them, you know, if you love a family member, you're going to tell them where they need to correct themselves because you want them to do better. Exactly. That's my mind, mindset with my with my criticisms of Nintendo. And um, so, yeah, you know, they made some bad bad moves over the years that I haven't agreed with, but they made some good ones too. So it's just you just. Do it all. Do everything. Yeah. everything. Don't don't be so one sided and just say everything's hunky dory because then you're not going to really get what you want from that com from from the company exactly. that, you, that you want to do better. Exactly. We feel that way about Destiny in a way too. It's like we're very we can be critical. We have we can be you know we're very like passionate about it. That's why we because we want the best of it. We know how good it can be, and that's why we are critical. But it's only because we 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 care about you know, the things that we're playing in the game and everything like that. And we just, we want it to be the best that it can be. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I really enjoy your YouTube videos and your content is because you are very honest and very open with how you feel about something. You don't try to sugarcoat or try to act like it's one way just because you're a fan of something and i i like how you're able to be very critical about something and you're a source that you can actually trust in a space that's very diluted with a lot of mixed type of content yeah <laughs> good that's a good way of saying it yeah, yeah like an example um, would be, i'm sorry dave um Go ahead. Like the example is when you uh, researched how Nintendo is definitely working on a neck on whatever the next uh, iteration of the Switch is by everything you found on you know that's public information basically. You know when you yeah. looked up the you know the careers uh, info and things like that that they all, all the tech that they had on that page and everything what they're looking for. Yeah. You stuff, so. you go out of your way to research things. You don't just watch a video and copy somebody. You actually do the legwork to find things out. And 
I really enjoy that about your content. Yeah, I respect you, that about oh, you as thank a creator. You. Yeah. yeah, because your video was all, was the first video I saw on that. Basically, I you know before anybody else's, you were the first one to have like that information out there, and it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you. That's the whole point, though, is that that's what you got to do. Like, if you're not if you're not getting what you want from YouTube, you might as well just do it yourself, right? Because uh, that's just that's kind of how I felt about what's going on with Nintendo. Is like, man, you know, nobody is saying what I would like to them to say. Right. So I better I better say something, or I better bring this out because no one's because hey, you know, so and so missed this, or so and so missed that, or they're not saying this, and exactly, or you know, the, like their mindset is just not the way I feel. I ha I, I got to speak up. I got to say something. Yeah. You know that that's that's the way I people approach missing it. translations of what the Nikkei was saying and what um you know uh, what was uh, Bloomberg was saying and things like that so <laughs> exactly man man it's 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 crazy there there's there is so much going on that is not talked about on youtube that mm -hmm. you know, i wish i could tell you but we i can't but there is so much more to what's going on here it's just ridiculous but eventually hopefully we will get to be able to talk about more of what's going on but yeah the way the way this thing has been handled by the media has been absolutely horrible. It's it's just been terrible. the the way the way the media has handled the whole Switch Pro Switch Mini thing, and you know, as far as confirmation, like, hey, I, I, I confirm this, I confirm that, or my source says this, my source says mm -hmm. that, and then like mi mistranslating what one person says or not reading something correctly and completely missing the point of what they meant, that kind of thing. It's just man, yeah. It's and watching your video. Has, videos have gave me this information that I've kind of that I can kind of formulate my own idea of by watching your yeah. videos and it's like oh this makes sense it makes sense exactly <laughs> you know how you're wording it and everything it's like I don't know how people yeah. don't understand it <laughs> so, so guys let's well, let's briefly talk about the switch pro on on the topic of it What's what's going on yeah, go in the news about the Nintendo Switch and the Switch Pro at this time? <clears throat> well, at this time, they are people are, are they're quiet on it. Obviously, we got E three coming up. There's some you know mm -hmm. talk that the Wall Street Journal had that they may Nintendo may try to sneak something in there with a new hardware announcement. Even though Nintendo went out of their way. Uh, to say that no, we're not going to be showing new hardware, which they have never done before. They went on record and <laughs> saying that, but it's like, yeah, yeah but they they've lied before. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, the, the funny the funny thing about that is that they have never went out of their way and told the public before E3 that hey, we're not going to be showing new hardware at E3. Mm -hmm. Now, and the whole point, the whole reason why they did that is because they're very aware that they are working on new hardware, right. <laughs> and they're very aware of the, of the rumors, uh, credible rumors from the Wall Street Journal saying that they're working on not one but two uh, new Nintendo Switch variants to be introduced in 2019, which I do 100% believe is going to happen. As far as being released, uh, I'm not sure, but at least one of them will. And and maybe the uh, the the more enhanced version in early 2020 would be my guess, or if not, maybe both uh, this year. But but we'll see. But the, so that's the whole thing is that they uh, this started the rumors started going around actually before the Wall Street Journal when myself and uh, Review Tech USA were talking about this console right. or consoles. Um, 
And then um, I believe I did a video in, in what was it, September 2018? Yeah, I said that, hey, you're going to be seeing some, uh, some you know, websites start reporting on this soon. And then sure enough, a month later, Wall Street Journal confirmed mm -hmm. that they're working on a new switch for 2019, yep. just one at the time. And then... Um, and then uh, everyone, of course, all the media said, okay, well, before that, that this is my problem with, with the media. I have a disconnect with them personally. I'm not part of the media, really. I'm my own thing. But I, am, I do have contacts in the industry. So, uh, but the thing I have a problem with the media is that they will deny something is real mm -hmm. until it's confirmed real. And then, and then they tell you, the fan, what to expect from the thing they just denied was real the week before. Right. That's what I don't like. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> and, yeah. So, so the, 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 that's what I, and since I'm a smaller content creator, it's, it's difficult for me to deal with something like that because when the majority says, Hey, it's the switch pro is going to be this, even though we just said last week, there's no switch pro mm -hmm. believe us. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, that's where I, I run into a disconnect with them. And so then what happened was in January, 2019, uh, the Nikkei came out and said, Hey, we heard about a switch mini coming out. And then, of course, the media jumped on that and said, okay, there is no Switch Pro. It's just going to be a small Switch Mini, mm -hmm. and that's it. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, guys, you guys are just screwing, screwing everything up here, man. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You, <laughs> if you don't have any contacts or sources, you can't just assume something and say, hey, this confirms this and confirms that. If you don't actually know yourself, right. you better yeah, shut they're, up. They're just trying to get a story <laughs> out there and not having all the facts and things like that. Just yeah. it, ex Exactly. So we went from that. So we went from having no, no new Switch at all. Mm -hmm. uh, like, hey, Nintendo, Nintendo will never release a new Switch this soon. That's not going to happen. Fake. That's fake news. <laughs> and then, of course, oh, oh, wait a second. Okay, there is a new Switch coming. But yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, like, oh, okay, but it's not going to be a pro version. It's going to be a. It's going to be a mini. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, mini. And then, <laughs> and then, sure enough, uh, in March, uh, the Wall Street Journal was like, uh, no, there is an enhanced version of the Switch. And a smaller, reduced cost version of the Switch, and oh, uh, wow, okay, now what? And then, and then, and then Nikkei came out a couple weeks later and said, uh, "There's actually this enhanced version is actually a next generation full model change of the Switch, <laughs> and and also a smaller light version is in the works as well." Oh, okay. Now there's, and then and then we had people jumping to the moon saying, "Now there's three switches oh, coming yeah. because the, because uh, there's a Switch Pro now and a Switch Mini and this next, next generation Switch." <laughs> and I'm like, dude, where where is this third Nintendo Switch? Uh, man, so we went from zero new Nintendo <laughs> Switches, right? Switches, yeah. And then uh, from that, we went from no new ones, and we went to one new one, and then we went to two new ones and then we went to three <laughs> uh, but when it when an action and this was in the span of uh what was it uh march to october yeah. so span of about six six months we went from no switches that were coming to three yeah and and now uh but really the truth is is that the Nikkei article and the wall street journal article they match up and line up together for what they said because the wall street journal was kind of dancing around the power level of this uh enhanced version of the switch they're saying it would not be what you would expect for a normal type of upgrade. Mm -hmm. And um, Nikkei said this is not just, you know, they said this is a full model upgrade. This is something different, you right. know. And um, 
and then you and then you got to do a lot of research which was which is what the uh, media does not do because guess what they got to cover a million different stories you got youtubers that cover everything so there's no way it's impossible guys it's impossible to get the correct information um, through those channels. So you got to have somebody that's completely dedicated only to that, mm-hmm. which is what I have done. Yeah. Horn, what do you think about so, this? So that, that, yeah. So th- that's the problem I've had with, with how the media has handled it because they, they don't actually, they don't have time to do the research. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It almost feels like they have a responsibility to the public to accurately report on things but it doesn't always happen this way there's a lot of miscommunication in that area but it yeah yeah exactly go go ahead but it makes sense that you know there would be some new models coming i mean the switch is sold so well and everything like that you know and it's Mm-hmm. And we're moving into the next generation and switch is going to get left behind the current switch. If it doesn't like adapt and everything, you know, it's like, um, third parties already said that they don't want to downgrade their games and everything like that. You know? Yep. It's, well, and well, the, the, the thing is, uh, is that they are, they entered into them into this hybrid market, uh, kind of at a weird time, right? Uh, 2017 where PlayStation four was in the prime and then, you know, on the, actually on, on the downswing kind of like going into PlayStation five next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, when you take it in, into the timing aspect of it, it makes sense that they would actually be releasing in a, a much more enhanced version in order to get games from the next generation. Right. So they would have to do it earlier than, than later. And if uh, it is a big enough upgrade, then fans will still, will obviously upgrade to it because they want to have all the games. So it's not really something, even though it's not something normal, but guess what? It's not something normal, what they did in the first place. Right. So you got to take, you got to look at both sides of it. This is not a normal console generation. Exactly. I was just well, about to say that. You also got to remember that Nintendo doesn't normally do things a normal way they always try to reinvent the wheel and do something different and that's something they've mm-hmm. always done for as long as i can remember for from the time that we had the game boy even oh yeah yeah for sure but 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 you got to think about also is that it's kind of weird because nintendo is marketing what is nintendo marketing a switch as um you know a home console yeah all right so if it's a if it's a home console uh, then 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 what happens when the playstation 5 comes out well it's, it's a, a home console, console that it was marketed as a console that you can take with you on the go but you can also play from the comfort of your home so mm-hmm. they have kind of dual markets to serve dual demographics that they have to satisfy Mm-hmm. Yeah, this market is a yeah. hybrid. Um, yeah. They were calling it a home console that you could undock, basically. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. So the the whole the whole premise, the whole like uh, excitement of the Switch was like, wow, I can play these home console games on the go, right? Mm-hmm. 
that 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 was that's the whole thing about it. It wasn't really being marketed as a uh, portable device, you know, as a portable that you play, you know, small portable games on that you could play in your TV as because that would be just like you know the PSP yeah. or, or Vita. Or so yeah, so, so so when you think about it in that way, uh, the whole communication aspect of it kind of changes when you have quite possibly these consoles that are substantially out of the range of what the switch can do currently that they would actually need to upgrade sooner rather than later in order to continue to get the uh these ports because like you know you have doom wolfenstein 2 on the switch currently which are which are great mortal kombat 11 i did a video on that i was really happy with that um that they were able to get that to run at 60 frames per second have parity as far as the content is concerned Absolutely. that goes away Mm-hmm. That goes away with PlayStation Five. You're not going to get those types of experiences on the Switch, the current model of the Switch anymore. Uh, you're, you're not going to have parity of play right. when that when those when those systems come out. So they're going to have to release something that can at least give them parity as far as gameplay is concerned. You want 60 frames per second like the other consoles, so you don't. Right. So you can have cross. So you can have the ability to have cross play. So yeah. you can have the ability to play online like the others. Or you have at least something that looks close enough you know it is i'm not expecting it to look as good or anything of course but as far as parity is concerned that's what you want you you want to be able to at least run the games on your console at all it, that kind of that will go away in uh 2021 or so after the first uh holiday of the playstation 5 that will start be that will become basically impossible to get these type of games to run on the current version of the switch unless they're um, you know, unless they have you know lots of these indie games, which they already do, they become something totally different. Right. Yeah, and I, a different I think type right of now we're going through a very interesting time in in the gaming space and technologically speaking, because companies like AMD they're doing some pretty remarkable things with technology and they're pushing the power of mobile technology. So it's going to be interesting to see how companies like Nintendo leverage the power that the newest AMD Ryzen chips will offer and to utilize the power of graphical yeah. performance that's going to be so much more improved and it's going to have so much better energy efficiency which will allow for portable devices like the Switch to offer those console quality experiences on the go or wherever you want to play, whether you want to play at home or whether you want to play on the airplane as they promoted famously in their initial trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also you got to think like the price of the tech goes down too. Like, you know, so it's like the same stuff that, you know, was not available to them in 2015. They had no choice to go with the tech, with the Tegra X one because they're just, the X two wasn't on the market yeah. yet or anything like that. So, I mean, it's like, they've already like, decided that's the chip they went with at the time now they realize that's a fatal flaw in that chip and it's been hacked like uh 10 ways to sunday <laughs> and everything yeah so now it makes sense to go with a more um efficient chip things like that that will provide better cooling and things like that a better battery and hopefully a better display <laughs> as well the 1080p display would be nice what do you think about it? Uh, they have sold over th- like 35 million or whatever the number is now for the Switch mm-hmm. uh, as is. And um, just think about, you know, they're probably considering, okay, wow, this concept has worked. Now we can actually go all in, 
put everything we got into this nice custom design chip and just design it exactly the way we want to design it. Right. You don't have to conform to some stock chip that from the Tegra X1 that has mm -hmm. all these uh, all these design flaws and, and you know, it's very hacked. We can actually uh, produce something quite possibly that is a uh, true uh, something that gives the exactly what we want as Nintendo, not and not necessarily um, what was given to us by Nvidia. They can actually create something really nice by doing this. Yeah, and that will also scale to you know the way developers are creating their games, importing games, and things like that. Now that will make it easier for developers to bring their games. Like, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. So, so now that they've made so much money, they can use that money in a way that's going to benefit us, the gamers, by making something that's really, really amazing. So, that, so they they've taken the first step. Now they're going to go even further because there's guess what? There's a brand new generation coming, and uh, we're looking at consoles that could be hitting 15 teraflops, you know, at, at home. So. Yeah. Uh, they're going to need something that at least in the, in the one to two teraflop range, you know, with lower resolutions. Right. So, you know, you're looking at yeah. something that, that, I, I mean, I'm saying that as a broad number, I'm talking about mainly the performance of the console needs to be something like that. It doesn't necessarily have to be the that number, but the actual performance increase needs to be like three to four times greater than the current switch. Even if it's not actually one teraflops, the, uh, or one teraflop, the actual performance needs to be at least three to four times better than the current version. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that because the chips themselves are probably they're more um, uh, they're more uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Streamlined. Yeah, they're, the the efficiency is better. Like you're able to get more out of them yep. now. I bet. And everything. Hey, yeah, well, yeah, you got to think about 1.8 teraflops of the PlayStation 4 was based on the 2012, late 2011 graphics card from. Yep. Sure. Yeah, from 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 AMD. So like a 1.8 teraflops 2012 technology and uh, the same 1.8 teraflops 2019 is something completely different. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah, so you could probably do the same type of thing with one teraflop and get the same. 1.8 performance mm -hmm. that kind of thing is what i'm talking about absolutely now, what do you guys think of this what if nintendo didn't really say anything about a new console at e3 but they released a model revision this fall that was a more enhanced version of the switch and then maybe next year at e3 they announce an official successor to the nintendo switch that would be released either that you know fall or the following spring hmm are you asking me you're asking me well i i don't um well they could do that it's certainly possible but um if you're my honest my honest point of view is that i really think they're gonna have to start moving on it now um rather than next year mm. main the main reason is because you got xbox and playstation 5 coming both next year does nintendo really want to do that yeah or did they would they rather try to get something out now or maybe early 2020 and not wait till holiday 2020 we're going up against two uh bullheaded you know uh competitors there you yeah. might you might get you kind of forgotten about you don't want to do that do we so, think we... oh go ahead yeah that, yeah that's it go ahead do we think that some of the developers might have dev kits for the for the next revision of the switch is it, is it yeah. possible yeah 
Yeah, they do. They they do have that face actually already. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 Wall Street Journal said they do already. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. All right, so they're obviously working on stuff right now. They're probably working on some games and things like that for what will eventually release for this uh, next the Switch Pro and everything. So At, absolutely, and in fact, it was already almost—I'm going to say almost—almost almost confirmed already that uh, Samurai Showdown is going to be Switch Pro enhanced. I saw that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the game was rumored uh, by this guy on Reddit uh, who got everything right that he talked about before for, for the uh, Switch, and he also said it was going to be Switch Pro enhanced as well. Um, and then it was confirmed later that Samurai Showdown is coming to the Switch, and then that was right around the time the Wall Street Journal said that there is a new Switch coming that's more powerful. So, uh, yeah, they already got dev kits. They've, I think they're pretty sure they've had them since last year. So, yeah. Dave, on the subject of the Nintendo Switch Pro, and naturally we're a Destiny podcast, what are your thoughts on Destiny potentially coming to the Switch, whether it be Destiny 1 or Destiny 2? I I, I think Destiny 2 has a very good chance of coming to the Switch uh, enhanced version. Um, I talked. We did. I did a video in twenty seventeen. Um, that talked about that a little bit uh, but the thing was is that the switch had just come out at that time right uh, that was i believe was it may of 2017 i did that video on mm-hmm. no Des- no destiny 2 but why exactly for nintendo I switch remember that. and uh, yeah so uh bungie's reasoning i think was th- that nintendo didn't have their online thing set up was that was that what i said i think that's what yes. i talked about mm-hmm since it was always online or something like yeah. that right um which makes sense i mean uh it's a portable system you take it outside oh guess what my game is over now and <laughs> yeah you don't want that but mm-hmm. um the whole i remember being uh, people the fans being very upset with that excuse because they're saying you know well that you can just play it at home only and just port it anyway and everything but um i can see why they didn't do it it was it was way too soon the switch just came out and also uh Bungie and other companies already they already know the roadmap of these other consoles. So they knew that if they put a lot of money and effort into a port to the original Nintendo Switch, it probably wouldn't be done until maybe right now. You know, if they just started right then, it may, it may not be done for two years. Mm-hmm. So uh or a year a year and a half. So they may have just released it at the end of twenty eighteen, maybe, if they were lucky. Um maybe they didn't see that as something as being um financially viable for them at the time so then as time went on they they would put their money and resources obviously into something else as bungie maybe more dlc for destiny 2 or or what have you Mm -hmm. and um other games as well that they're working on for next generation so that like like we talked about earlier the timing of the nintendo switch is completely off kilter for where these developers are in stream of time the games take three to four years to to make if you're making a really quality AAA game right. takes at least at least three years if yeah. not more as you know some of these some of these games take forever like eight years <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're a crazy outlier yeah. but yeah basically games take a really long time to make so if you're gonna release a console in 2017 uh and say hey port everything everything to it when you got the next generation coming out just two years or three years later chances are a lot of developers are going to be like yeah we'll just wait till your next uh iteration of your of your console 
give us, but make sure you give us the dev kits early enough so we can get started on it and give us enough power or API resources or to port these games over to this, to a different console. So I think that's what a lot of these developers have been waiting on is uh, they would, they would like to support the switch, but as far as the money is concerned, as far as porting things are concerned to it, yeah, they're coming around to it more often, but Overall, uh, they already know that it's it's over because they need to go on to the next generation. So things change completely with the new generation of consoles, and that's where these publishers they put their money uh, invested in those consoles. So they can't really stay, you know, with the current, you know, uh, where we are. They can't invest money in these ports to the Switch if they're already moving on to the next generation. You see, yeah. so. It's all about it's all about the timing, really, with uh, what's going on here. So I do think the uh, enhanced version of the Switch will have a great opportunity, and uh, I think it would be a really good uh, chance for Bungie to jump on and and port Destiny Two to that console. Yeah, and it makes sense that why they couldn't do it in the you know online wasn't it wasn't always it's an always online game. Also, too, Destiny and Destiny Two is a huge game. Like there's so like file size. It's it's humongous, mm. and the switch would have had a hard time with 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 that. I think, you know, just trying to get all that information, all everything on there. You know, they would have probably ran into like constraints in the RAM and things like that. Possibly, you know, it's like oh d- yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the game definitely like suffers on console thirty frames and everything. It's butter smooth <laughs> on PC though. Sixty frames, or it's it's awesome on PC. Yeah, and that brings me to my uh, my trivia point for this that video, uh, the, the Destiny video I did. Are you guys Star Trek fans? A little bit. I personally I am, am not. Bit. I like the Next Generation. Okay. I was a big fan of that show. Okay, good. Uh, you don't have to be a fan of the show, uh, but there's a funny, really funny, uh, actually. When I made that video, uh, as you guys uh, are may or may not be aware, whoever's listening to this, but. The way I make my videos is that I, I create um, I create gameplay videos with matching music from the game. Usually, is what I do, and uh, I try to I try to match the game with the topic I'm talking about, and I, I make it very audio visually and you know like that type of experience to give you the mood for the for the topic. And um, so with Destiny on that game, I um, I put the soundtrack from destiny one in that video and um it was really funny because i believe the song one of the songs i used in there uh was called the uh, the last array oh, yeah. oh my destiny god i love that song yep. oh Great i love song. that song so much oh such a good song yeah yeah yeah, do 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 yes. right, and um, yes. and uh, so the funny thing, the funny thing about that is that uh, I was watching Star Trek: Next Generation, uh, episode six of season three, called Booby Trap. Hmm. So if if you have Netflix, go, go watch that episode. It's a great episode. But uh, season three, episode six, uh, towards the second half of the episode, um, they're they're about to escape the asteroid field, and the music that they play. Is huh. sounds exactly like La- the Last Array. Well, that's really cool. I mean, huh. I'm sure art, you know, composers like Marty O'Donnell, like you know, could have been influenced from things like shows like Star Trek and things like that. Um, you know, uh, yeah. The, I I, lo- I looked at the composer, and the composer for that episode, his name is Ron Jones, and he did a lot of uh, 
shows like that back in the late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. But he did the sound, he did the uh, music for Next Generation uh, season one through four. Um, oh, wow. So, so if you listen to the Last Array um, and then go and watch that episode, the last, the last, you know, twenty minutes of the show. Uh, you'll hear the exact same do 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 riff kind of like from there. It, almost exactly the same That's tone. That's really cool. I'll have um, to check it out. It, it's just it's just, it's a cool little trivia thing um, that fans can check out. But you'll hear it and you'll be like, "Dude, that's." That's Destiny, or vice versa. You'll be like, dude, that's Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's pretty because awesome. one is older than the other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, so, yeah, that's that's just something yeah, to check they out. They got to get their ideas and inspirations from somewhere. You know, the, you know, people who are making these awesome, like, uh, musical scores and video games and things like that. So... Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it, it's just something really cool I noticed when I was when I was making that yeah. video back then. Um, but yeah, and, and you know about what you said regarding Destiny coming to the Switch. I think that it's very interesting to learn about the new Call of Duty game with Modern Warfare that's going to be coming out, and there's a string of code that you actually talked about in one of your most recent videos about there being a code referring to the Nintendo Switch in call of duty so Mm. if they're going if they're going to be able to run call of duty on the next version of the switch i can't see them not being able to run destiny as well yeah that would be the whole point of uh if you're going to do an upgrade you might as well do do enough to so you can get enough games to run on it so uh the thing with the whole call of duty thing is that uh they did announce it today, and of course they didn't. They did not announce a Switch version, which I didn't expect them to. I didn't either. But there's all there's always that Nintendo Direct right. coming up, which is at E3, and I would never have done that video unless I unless uh, I if I did not see that NX in there which made absolutely no sense at all. Like if you put Nintendo NX NX dock in the code for this, I mean, that is kind of like, I had to say something about it. So that Hmm. could potentially be a big, a big leak uh, as far as their source code on their website is concerned. Maybe just maybe they have something planned for Nintendo to show. Now, if you look at the, uh, how Activision has treated Call of Duty this year. They're very late to the party, right? Like, extremely late. This They're, they're usually revealing these games in late yeah, April. Yeah, they are. Not late Not late May or into May. So uh, Microsoft also has their presentation kind of, you know, probably set. No one has said anything about Call of Duty. Uh, the, and Sony's not there. Activision doesn't have a, a uh, press conference this year, I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, who is going to be showing a gameplay presentation for Call of Duty? You would think it would be Microsoft, right? But I don't know. You know, maybe it's maybe it's Nintendo. You never know. But it's it may be some kind of surprise. Yeah. But, but yeah. they but they did I list would, they did list. So, uh, I, I think ahead. it's very interesting that you mentioned that Nintendo didn't reveal what games are going to be playable at E3, which could mean that maybe the modern warfare game might be one of those games that will you might be able to play on the show floor when e3 comes out yeah yeah or or hopefully metroid like my i hope for it too yeah, but yeah metroid would be pretty amazing <laughs> but, yeah but, but the thing though Price. is that if you, 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it, but but me being the guy that I am creating these these videos, I had to say something about that. Like if they didn't put NX in the code on their source code, I probably wouldn't have done that video. But since they did that, I was like, man, this is looking kind of suspicious. I better say something about this. This is really, you know, they 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 could be actually bringing Call of Duty to the, to the Switch. They wouldn't. So we'll call, see. Like they wouldn't call their new Switch like their the code name of the what the switch was would would they call the new switch nx would they do that well they 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 could they could call it whatever they want but it's just like it's because they in that source code they called it nintendo switch and then the, like the next line down it said nx doc switch x so <laughs> switch extreme <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, like, because you know, when you think about it, if you're making an enhanced version of the Switch, that's really just going to be an enhanced version of the NX. So it's the same right. thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And now, I mean, would they upgrade the dock? Is that a possibility? I'm guessing they would. Well, well, the thing is, is that, uh, well, yeah, probably, but, but, but obviously, when you're dealing with something like that, we can't infer that they're going to be increased. This has anything to do with the dock, but they said dock maybe. Hmm. For because a dock can just mean a piece of hardware, and so and, and X is the code name, so it could be just mean an X hardware. Who knows? But the the fact the fact that they put it in there mm-hmm. is was just enough enough telling for me to make a video on it and to talk about it because that was the only place in the entire source code with the Nintendo Switch that they said NX in yeah, there. They, so I'm like, hmm, could they have a supplemental know, guys? <laughs> could they have a supplemental computing device that they're working on with the new? Revision, possibly. Yeah, I, I do think so, but uh, yeah, definitely not with the current one. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's fun just putting all these pieces together and everything. Now, you know, it's... Dave, what games are you most excited to play at uh, E3 this year? I, I'm I'm hoping it's one that I haven't heard about being announced yet, which would be Metroid Prime Trilogy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that's what I'm most excited to play if they were to have it there. But but if they do not have it there, um, which it's a possibility they won't, sadly. But I hope they do. But if they don't have Metro Prime Trilogy, the next game um, I'm most excited to play, I think, would have to be um, probably Final Fantasy VII Remake. I just have to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, because uh, that game is such a long history, it's been in development for so long. It'll be such such an epic experience to play that game for the first time uh, after twenty what twenty two years. years. Are you a fan of the original game, Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it's a great game. It's one of the best of all time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love to. I would love to play the remake. Um, and and obviously the other Nintendo stuff they have there as well. But you know they. They just haven't said anything, so I don't know what's there. So it's hard to say. I, I mean, you would like to play Mario Maker, but that's kind of like, yeah, you know, I can play that. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I mean, it's not really something I'm going to wait in line to right. play. Like Marvel Alliance, we did get some too. pretty <clears throat> crappy news about multiplayer oh, yeah. in the game, which is kind of a downer. I hope they do fix it. <laughs> oh my god, that Why, that is an right. absolute yeah, and that's an absolute for joke. Who does not know? Nintendo was originally, I guess, leading us to believe that we will be able to play with our friends during uh, the next Mario Maker game, Mario Maker 2. And we come to find out that they don't really have multiplayer in the form that we would expect. 
you can share levels and stages, but you can't play with your friends. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, can you guys explain how that makes sense at all? No, no. no. I mean, I'm dumbfounded by that. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you know what man. the crazy thing about it is? I find it really, really crazy that they're selling the game as a bundle with an online subscription. I mean, yeah, how does I, that work? I don't know. It's it's so misleading. Well, I mean, they did the whole spiel about, man, you can play with your friends, play together. They actually put those big words up there and they're direct and everything. And and uh, you can have fun with your friends. And then and it's also online multiplayer too, guys. But let's move on to the next topic, they say, really quick, right? They skipped over you know, the details. But everyone assumed that you could play with your friends because that's, that's what you would do, right? Yeah. It's, but no. It's definitely like so 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 i said in my video yeah the video i did i believe yesterday uh that nintendo's excuse that they gave to nintendo world report and game explain was completely ludicrous they're they they said that if you play with friends it would affect the online leaderboards on the game i mean oh my god man like facepalm to to my grave yeah, right it's there it's such a simple fix just <laughs> I mean, like disable, disable the leaderboards leaderboards you can play yeah, with friends or just it's... have another mode separate where you can just play with your friends like i don't get it i don't yeah, understand it, <laughs> yeah yeah no well that is the worst that is the t most ridiculous worst excuse i've ever heard a company ever give for not giving you the ability to play with your friends online i mean that makes that's insulting to people with any type of you know brain or intelligence yeah. right yeah if you, you tell someone you cannot play with your friends because it affects our worldwide online leaderboards that are ranked you cannot play with your friends because of that that is completely insulting to your intelligence as a gamer. Yeah, I I agree. Like, you know, it's <laughs> the, the way it was marketed, it looked like we were able to play together and everything. And then when we got that news and, you know, from the people who went to that event and everything, we we're all just like flabbergasted. Like, really, Nintendo? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, what you placed? What happened to Smash Brothers? Are, are they going to patch out the ability to play with my friends in Smash Brothers now too? Because now it's going to affect the leaderboards. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not how it works. You just make an you just make a private lobby. It's called private mode, right? Or exactly. uh, you know, play with your friends mode. You know, it's 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 peer to peer to a couple connections and you're done. Yeah. Now now That's we it. have like, is Nintendo actually going to rectify this? Will they change it? Yeah. Will Will they put a patch in that will allow you to play with your friends? Like, they, I hope so. I mean, you gotta hope that they would do that. I mean, would the public outcry uh, be enough to get them to do that? Because, I mean, yeah. people are gonna still buy the game, but I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not as excited about this like now after this information came out. Yeah, same. I'm less excited now, and I'm a huge Mario Maker fan, and this almost feels like. Almost like a deal breaker. Kind of a lesser experience yeah. that I'm just not really that excited for. It almost feels like another single player game that I have. And I'm not as yeah. rushed to go out and get it and play it right away. Well, you got to think of it this way, guys, too, is that Nintendo wants to make money, right? So uh, the people who are going to be playing this game online, and since they took away their... Uh, 
you know, striking you on your, on your channel for posting content. This was a perfect game for YouTubers with millions of subscribers to mm -hmm. play online with other YouTubers. Right. Man, can you imagine, can you imagine how great that would be to watch on YouTube, like uh, Markiplier versus PewDiePie, you know, something like that, you know, which, which the game is perfectly suited for those type of personalities. Nintendo would make a killing uh, right. just on the advertisements from those two channels. But since they came and play together because they can't be friends, uh, you know, they, they're shooting themselves in the this foot. This is all, this is all Japan right here, right? Though this is like, this is Japan not like, being forward thinking. Enough do you guys think to, this excuse like, is valid or do you think there might be a technical limitation within the game that prevents them from allowing multiplayer with friends? Yeah, that is, that is a good point. There is, it is a possibility that there is some type of technical limitation with the switch itself. Maybe a memory, maybe a memory limitation of having to instance, maybe four different levels at the same time that are created by a user. I'm just guessing, but I don't see that really as a, a very good excuse, yeah. but they, they may come up with that later and say, hey, you know, maybe they release a, a, an enhanced version of the Switch and say, hey, you can play with your friends only on this one now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, increase sales on that console yeah. like that. But yeah, that would be very Nintendo of them to do that, though, and say, hey, you can't play with your friends on that console, but you can on this well, one. And it's funny you bring um, up uh, Smash Brothers because when we tried playing Smash Brothers online, the experience was actually mm. pretty painful. Like there was so much latency and lag that it was just difficult to be able to play a complete match because of the online infrastructure and how it isn't really as robust as the systems we have with Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, guys, seriously, I mean, like the Nintendo online is garbage, man. I'll just be honest with you. It's terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it, it it it's painful. It's painful. It, like as much lag as as you get, like it's just as painful to to experience it. You know, it's just it's it's awful. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible service. That you know, I did one video on it, or not, or one or two video on it uh, last year. I wonder completely destroying it. Well, I wonder what um, <laughs> Shinya Takahashi was talking about that it would be worth the wait because I I don't see what's been worth the wait so far for. Nintendo Switch Online. You know, personally, so. I would like to see a company like Nintendo team up with people like Microsoft and some of their cloud computing and xCloud and what they're doing with that technology and work together to create a more robust infrastructure, much like what we have with Xbox Live. In fact, I believe it was yesterday that Xbox Live was announced for PC and they're also recently announced they were working with Sony to help them with their gaming cloud infrastructure. So it's going to be interesting to see if Nintendo is able to maybe cut a deal where they can work together with companies that are already established with their online gaming infrastructure. Yep. No, yeah, yeah definitely. But the problem they have right now is that they don't even have... Like you said, I mean, they didn't even have their infrastructure working really at all. As for, it's it's all peer to peer, and they're charging you for it. And mm -hmm. um, what Microsoft and Sony are doing is working on something very high level with uh, with um, what's it called? Uh, Azure, Azure, right? Yeah. Azure, yeah. Azure, and uh, <laughs> so they're working on that, and uh, that is way beyond what Nintendo's doing right now. Um, Nintendo, if they could get help from somebody and just get their online working smoothly, I'll be happy with that. They don't even have to do 
that much with cloud streaming, uh, like one problem at a time, right? So they got to get something fixed with that really quick, or they're just not going to make a lot of money. They got to be thinking about that though. Like their uh, overall bottom line is suffering because they're, they're, their infrastructure is absolute garbage. Their so they, they just, have to fix that. Yeah, abysmal. It's, it's, yeah. it's just terribly like put together. You know, yeah. I mean, don't not even have a proper so, party system and things like that too. You so, know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I'm hoping system wide features are all there for the enhanced version of the Switch. Maybe uh, this is speculation, but quite possibly, you know, they did promise they would have some great stuff with Nintendo Online, and maybe that's all waiting on the next system. You know, because Obviously, they've done almost next to nothing to improve the experience on the current Switch. Even though they said they would, they haven't really done anything. But we got these new consoles coming, so um, you got to think that hey, you know, we've we've actually inf- input all that stuff you wanted in these new consoles. Yeah, and we're gonna go ahead and and kind of you know uh, put this the original Switch to bed because of the. All the and they won't say that obviously, but we're gonna kind of move away from the original Switch because of the obvious problems that it has with piracy, uh, completely hacked homebrew and everything, and and all the uh, uh, chip the the actual uh, the system is actually cracking from overheating in the dock. It's just all kinds of issues with it. Joy Cons malfunctioning, uh, the drifting issue with the with yep. the uh, the, the uh, analog stick on it. So there's all kinds of stuff they need to improve upon. So maybe. Just maybe they are actually going to go ahead and just do a clean swipe and just fix it all on the on their new consoles. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. How soon after E3 yep. do you think we're going to hear Nintendo talk about it? Um. Well, I mean, we we could hear it right at E3, or we could hear it after E3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm thinking you pretty know, I, soon I, I, after E3. I'm guessing. Like if I'm yeah, yeah, but the, the the thing is, is that you know they. I know you never can say never with Nintendo, so I would not put it past them to go ahead and say, "Hey, we got new consoles coming at that E3 coming up soon." I would not put it past them. I'm not saying they will for sure. Don't don't tell, tell anybody I said that. Mm-hmm. But ne- never say never with Nintendo. Or even they, before they, they like to even before E3. Yeah. They yeah, they like they like to surprise people just like anyone else does. And with as much as Sony's been talking about their next uh, console, like uh, seemingly the last what the last month or so, you've heard a lot about the PlayStation Five official information from Sony. So Nintendo has got to be like, okay, well, wow, this thing really is coming for sure quickly. Okay, and then Xbox, they're going to show their new console at E3. Um, you're going to be seeing most likely ray tracing. You're going to be seeing like these extremely high quality games. Uh, as far as graphics are concerned, Nintendo could be feeling a little bit squeezed and be like, okay, yeah, here's our new consoles. <laughs> yeah. Well, you 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 um you did some good uh, detective work when you did like research. Uh, you know the information on that. Like you saw that it was going to have like spatial sound, spatial audio. And yep. things like that you know yep. the pcie like structure mm-hmm. that could be in there so like that's all really relevant points that you know could be now, you know what's yeah. yeah yeah you know what's what's weird about that is that uh sony can mark cerning confirmed those things in the playstation 5 as well that nintendo's actually working on or was working on uh on a software level for these this new enhanced switch they, they talked about 3d audit spatial 3d mm-hmm. audio 
3D for the PlayStation 5, and he also talked about how the chips would be, uh, I believe, PCIe as well for the PlayStation 5 compatible. And then, of course, you see that in Nintendo's own job description. So something's going on there, guys. Exactly. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So going back to E3, what do you guys think we'll see from Bungie and Destiny? At oh E3, do you guys think it's possible that we might get an announcement of a future Destiny product for the Switch? Do you think it's too soon for anything like this? Do you guys think we'll need the infrastructure to be more developed with their online, perhaps? Yeah, I I, I don't think they're going to announce anything for the current version of the Switch, to be honest with you. Uh, because of the extreme amount of problems they have right now with it. I mean, come on, man. Uh, you, I mean, this is like Nintendo themselves is having issues. So I don't think the current version of the Switch is going to get a port of Destiny. But like like we talked about, I do, I do think the next version would. Uh, I do believe they're going to be now, uh, announcing something Destiny 2 related, though, at E3, right? Maybe a full expansion? Uh, yeah, an expansion or another we're, annual pass. We're predicting um, an annual possibly. pass will be yeah, annual pass 2.0 released probably. Yeah. in the fall. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, Bungie, though, they got to be working on something else by now, right? Something big. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're working on Destiny 3. Like, they're, there's definitely heads down at Bungie. There's there's a big team working on Destiny 3, I bet, right now. Now, there. do you guys think we're going to get a glimpse of Destiny 3, perhaps? Or do you think that E3 will be no. focused strictly on what's coming this fall? I think it's going to be what's coming this fall. I don't think they're ready to show or talk about Destiny 3 yet. Well, I mean, uh, there is some issue with Destiny Two, right? I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't play the game, but there was some complaints about it being a little bit too uh, minimalistic, a little short, right? Uh, yeah, the whole... there was a lot of that in 2018. They did a lot of course correcting uh, with the Forsaken uh, mm -hmm. expansion that released uh, last fall, and it it fixed a lot of issues. It fixed a lot of things wholesale in the game and everything. Um, well, well, what is the what is the current um, total amount of sales that Destiny Two has has done so far? Did they give a number? Ooh, I do not know that number. That's something I'm going to. They have to did avoid. not reveal the numbers for Destiny Two or Forsaken, so I'm not sure. But I mm. can't imagine they did too well. I think that uh, Activision went on record stating that they were disappointed in the sales numbers of Destiny. Okay, so um, I think it would be a good idea then that they do port this game to the enhanced version of the Switch at least because that's a big market there that they could tap into. Yeah, for almost uh, 40 million I, strong. Yeah. Like, and it's going to be over 50 million at the end of the year. So... Yeah, so yeah, I think that's a that's a really good idea for them to do that. Um, definitely, uh, if it's an easy port, they could do that and get a lot of money from those sales. And then uh, if it's popular enough on nintendo's platform which it could be um you saw mortal kombat 11 lead the sales for the switch uh for the first time a mature rated game has led a nintendo console in sales for a month in 15 years or 14 years since resident oh, Evil yeah, 4. With, uh, mortal kombat 11 so, right yeah. yeah yeah so the the um i believe destiny is a teen rated yes. game right yep 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, they, you know, they could be really successful on Nintendo. That's a huge market they're uh, missing out on. I do think they really actually should port that game. Yeah, I will buy that one hundred percent. Like, if it comes to the Switch, like being able to play a raid, like just like uh, on, on you know wherever I want, like in, in my house, not have to be glued to my TV, is like pretty cool. My opinion. Yeah, the thing is though is that Bungie and Activision, you know, there's no there's no official Call of Duty announced yet on it yet. There might be very soon, but the problem the problem is though is that they're very aware that Nintendo has a very big big problem right now with their online yeah uh, infrastructure. Not being able to play with so, friends in Mario Maker too. That's a huge problem. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but 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 with how um, this new modern warfare is going to be so single player focused, maybe uh, single player is taking more of a focus for these companies now after the big fiasco with uh, Battlefront Two in twenty seventeen. Uh, so we could be seeing a lot more single player focused games with online components coming out, and and, and even from Bungie put, putting more uh, those kind of things into a Destiny port as well, making it more single-player focused, possibly. Who knows? There's lots of things they can do, basically, and, and um, to get around the online problem that the, the Switch has. So um, mm-hmm. it definitely is something... If they want to make money, though, I, do, I they should be seeing the Switch as a, as a goldmine for them. You know what's an, also another important point? Um, modern the new modern warfare game is going to have full crossplay, and this is basically mm-hmm, the first mm-hmm. AAA game, like to have mm-hmm. full crossplay and everything. So, and, and yeah, is Nintendo going to want to uh, miss out on that? No. So I mean, you know, we're we're on the cusp, guys. We're on the cusp of something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and, let's. And honestly, <laughs> I think that Nintendo is going to capitalize on it, and so will Xbox. I think they're both pioneers in the video game space and especially because we won't really see any sony presence at e3 or activision Mm -hmm. um i want to say ea is going to also not be there is it ea that said they weren't going to do the ea play they're not going to be yeah yeah yeah, they're going to be streaming games, uh, but they're not going to actually have a oh, press okay. conference. So yeah, okay. The, the, the only thing, uh, the only thing they're going to have, I believe, playable is Jedi Fallen Order, which I will try to play if I can. Um, mm-hmm. I am looking forward to that game. Yeah, yeah you it's, know it's funny. Like Activision, you know, it's like we probably know that the Spiral uh, trilogy is going to come to Switch. I'm guessing, right? That's probably going to be in the direct. At, uh, it it should it really should i mean it's kind of the stupidest dumbest you know secret yeah you know. <laughs> i mean we 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 saw yeah. stuff on websites last year for that and everything so that almost seems like a foregone conclusion so it almost makes sense that that would be there and hopefully activision will also bring modern warfare to the to you know hopefully the new switch the new yeah. station yeah, it, well, that's the thing, though, too, is like a lot of people question why? Why are these people, why are these companies not porting their games to the Switch? Well, maybe they are. They just, they're uh, waiting for a couple updates from Nintendo, maybe, a, you know, updates on when these consoles are going to come out. Because that's the whole thing. If you're, if you're going to try to make a bang in the, in the industry with gamers, the best way to do it usually is when you have a new hardware announcement, you announce all your games at the same time. Hey, you're going to get to play this game and this game and this game. So if you're going to 
So right now may not be the best time for them to announce all these ports because obviously it's not like the Wii because the Wii came out at the same time as PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. They could capitalize on a huge market from the start, but the Switch, they have a market there, but it came at the end of a generation. So it's like, do they wait? Do they decide if they're going to port to the new systems? Uh, so that could be a lot a part of the thought process for these trip for these AAA third parties. Because for fans, they're saying you guys are stupid. How dare you not put your games to our console? There's all kinds of users there. They're going to buy it, and they're, and they're like, yeah, 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 we will, but just just wait. You know, we're 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 planning something for these really you know these upgraded systems that are coming out just in a few months just shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? exactly they could be thinking that yeah because that's the only reason i can think of why they're not putting more uh money and effort into porting games to the current version of switch is because they have new hardware coming there's no reason to do that if they got something that's hotter and better yeah now we're getting pretty close to e3 and me and shadow price we have a little sushi bet going on oh we do now, I'm going to ask you, Dave, do you think that there's any chance of Bungie announcing a partnership with any publishing company like maybe Microsoft just to do a publishing deal so that Bungie um, can focus on making the game rather than having to publish as well as produce their game? Yeah, but uh, didn't Activision publish? Uh, oh, no, that's right. They went on their own. Well, You're right. It's um, interesting yeah. because initially Microsoft owned Halo that Bungie created, but right. Bungie split up with Microsoft at that time. And they took Halo. Microsoft and they went Halo. with Activision. They, start, they built a new IP, which turned into Destiny. And then later on, Activision and Bungie split up late last year or the beginning of this year i should say and here we are today but i think we have a very different company with xbox i think we have new leadership new management there and i think that both companies have a different position that they're in i think that bungie could benefit from a publisher whoever that may be to help them with the marketing side of you know, creating video games and the publishing side of things so that Bungie can focus all of their attention to building a better Destiny experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, um, since they are, like you said, they're on their own now, right? Pretty mm -hmm. much. They can publish on their yes. own. I mean, they do have a contract mm -hmm. with uh, NetEase, who is, I believe, funding them in some way. I don't know if they're dollars. funding any Destiny that we're aware of but they may have cut some kind of a deal i guess that would be possible right yeah well well i mean they have a choice of anybody to to do that with so that, that i guess they, i guess they have a uh kind of a you know they have some freedom there to do that they, nintendo could work with them for something and, and or so could sony they kind of have a free reign don't yeah, they pretty much they i mean and i'm sure they'd be accepting offers like they're one of the most eligible bachelors when it comes to the the video game developers out there you know they're the highest profile indie studio in the world 
<laughs> right now. Yeah. Now the thing, the thing with Nintendo is that what Nintendo would likes to do usually with these companies is they, they, they like to, to rent them to make a game exclusively for their console. So they, if they were to do that with Nintendo, they would either do a, a destiny two port with some exclusive content, or they may uh, ha- ask them to do something different uh, with some Nintendo IP or something like that. That's what Nintendo likes to do with their, with their products. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something Nintendo might, be thinking about if Bungie is interested with to do something like that but but i do think uh the the best use of them would just be to port a really good version of, of destiny 2 to their to their platform right. and can, to get an update on the sales i did research this and it says that the studio sold between destiny and destiny 2 uh over 50 million copies including expansions 15 50 million oh 50 that's not too bad wow that's good yeah, it's not too bad. But that's including all DLC but the, also, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Expansions. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, the key there, though, was Destiny 2. What, what did Destiny 2 I can't do? Seem to, but they, yeah, I'm trying to find that. that. They said Destiny and Destiny 2. I have to do some more digging. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's how these companies always look at things, is what have you done for me yeah. lately? So True. But yeah. There, there could be something like that at E3 with Bungie, but um, it's hard to say. You know, they, they have lots of choices. It's really hard to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to see what they do this uh, week. And we all actually got another announcement earlier today that Bungie is going to sh- uh, release a video showing us the future of Destiny, and that's going to be taking place next week, I want to say, on the 6th. Yeah, June sixth at uh, uh, one p.m. Eastern, ten a.m. Pacific. Yeah. So, did they say the the future of Destiny or Destiny the Two? Future of Destiny Two. Ah, uh, okay. Is that so, exactly I mean, what they say? I believe so. I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I have now. the thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, yep. Two. Two. That's, in a, that's for a the big... reveal of the next chapter of Destiny Two. There's a. Ah, yep. okay. Next chapter. So that looks like they're interesting. planning on, you know, supporting Destiny 2 still, you know, for the immediate future while they're building, pro- you know, Destiny 3. I'm pretty sure they're doing that. So, Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what we get. Yep, they did talk about the next chapter of Destiny 2. So we, we can predict it's going to be fall. Otherwise, they would say Destiny 3 or the next chapter in the destiny franchise so i think we yeah you 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 know what i think is happening a lot with a lot of these companies is that they got uh they're a little bit behind the ball a little bit because of where the market went in 2016 2017 so a lot of these companies are uh are having to rework their games now to try to think about you know hey uh Single player is popular again, so we're going to have to try to rework what we were thinking with loot boxes and all these microtransactions back in 2017, because that's where we thought things were going. But guess what? Mm-hmm. We just got stopped big time by by all the you know by the gamers who hate it, and of course the it's now illegal in some places of the world. Yeah. And um, now single player, you know, you got Resident Evil 2 remake, Devil May Cry, uh, a lot of these single player games that already came out this year, late last year, God of War. Uh, Spider-Man uh, have really come back into focus. So I think that's where 
I think Bungie is going to need to also do the same thing with De the Destiny series, make it have a really robust single player experience, adding that online element to it and uh, just expanding on that and making it really, really good. Yeah, and I think Destiny already is starting to address the whole microtransaction issue because they're changing the way that you acquire purchased items in the game. No, they're no longer allowing you to do so through loot boxes. So it's more direct purchase. It's a now, more yeah. of a direct purchase transaction, which I'm more in favor of that. I think that's more predictable purchase and that prevents the gambling aspect of microtransactions in video games so i think that that's all for the better and that prevents predatory practices by companies that are making thousands of dollars through just giving you an opportunity at possibly getting something in the game exactly yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, that's the way all that's the way people want their games now. They want to they what they want to see that when they purchase their sixty dollar game, want to make sure it's fully playable from getting it in, without having to be forced or seemingly forced to purchase uh, extra items. That's what gamers want now. Now, Dave, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on platforms like Google Stadia and cloud gaming? Hmm. Um, Google Stadia. Well, I think it's interesting. I think they have a good idea, uh, but I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see the market being there just yet. Um, as far as the infrastructure for, they may have the infrastructure themselves. No doubt, these companies have all kinds of that cloud computing and everything. But as far as you, the gamer, me, the gamer at my house, I, I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't think I have. The ability to have an experience that I'm going to enjoy on my 4K TV doing uh, Google Stadia cloud gaming. Um, you know, I purchased that for a reason, right? You know, I want to play 4K 60 if I can. Um, and my internet infrastructure, I have like the highest, I'm paying a lot of money for my internet here, but it's not good enough really to uh, <laughs> to run the games at 4K 60 streaming like that and not have any input lag. So, so just imagine what other people are going to be like. Yeah, like, you know, central part of the country and everything, you know, like in like mm -hmm. the plain states where, you know, I'm sure getting any kind of high speed Internet is a chore. <laughs> yeah, so so it's like the idea is good. But as far as it taking hold upon the entire gaming industry, I don't think so. Not yet. And uh, no matter what you do also. No matter what you do, even if you, even if I could stream at you know 8K, 60 frames, 120 frames per second with with uh, perfect quality, guess what? I'm still gonna have input lag on my controller, which is unacceptable for a lot of the games that I personally play, like first-person shooters, uh, fighting games. There's no way in hell I'm gonna have input lag. <laughs> I'm not gonna put up with that. Yeah, yeah there seems to be a lot of barriers too. that cloud gaming still needs to overcome in order to be. A mainstream option for most gamers i think it's maybe something that might be possible down the road five ten years from now but today i i think it's kind of a stretch especially when i'm here trying to play destiny and i'm getting lag i'm trying to play games like you know mario uh 
cart and and splatoon and i'm still getting lag in the game yet they're expecting us to get 4k gaming without any real hardware to power it in your house it 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 seems kind of unrealistic yeah you guys watch linus Linus. he's so uh insightful yeah, do you remember he did that test of that other that other streaming service recently? I believe last year they he took he took uh, he went to their actual server room himself and plugged in uh, their their laptop to see what the kind of streaming they could do in the in the room itself where they were streaming the game, and, and there was still some lag even in, even in that server room itself where they're streaming the game to his device. So can you imagine? Yeah, it's just it's just not it's just even not in there the Stadia yet. presentation. Just, I thought there was lag. When they were showing off Assassin's Creed, um, was well, Odyssey? Yep. I think they were showing it being. Straight. Yeah, there was lag. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's a good thought. It's just, it's just like you need the perfect situation. You need to have the ex- most expensive internet. And then when you go play online with somebody, then what? Uh, yeah. What if they're not streaming the game like you? You know, and then what? You know, you, you yeah, also uh, it's yeah, Google. It just becomes a they could <laughs> be spying on you for all we know too when you're like streaming that stuff. Yeah, I mean, but look at how many people are using Android phones and they're not the least bit concerned about Google spying on them. So I don't think that's going to be the major driving force between Google succeeding or not with the Stadia. Well, here's the thing, though, like with Microsoft and Sony getting together, um, their Microsoft's servers are actually better than Google's. Um, Mm -hmm. they can actually provide a better cloud gaming experience for the, for the gamer than they can. Um, and they already are making game consoles in the first place. So, um, I'm curious, I'm curious to see what their streaming service will be like. I'm thinking it might be better actually, but you don't need to, can you guys imagine, oh, go ahead. Can you guys imagine what might be possible if Microsoft announced with Nintendo that they're partnering up to bring xbox game pass to the nintendo platform how insanely monumental would that be mm. uh, I, I don't know i'm, I'm kind of uh, i'm kind of iffy on that one uh, i i don't think nintendo would do that necessarily even though it sounds like they, it sounds good kind of it's because microsoft um they would be advertising their products on nintendo's platform and they would be wanting, they would be demanding the most uh, money from those purchases to their to their uh, Xbox store. So I don't see Nintendo really benefiting from that mm-hmm. that much if they were to do that, especially with their new hardware coming out. Um, I could I see Nintendo more focusing on their on fixing their own thing instead of trying to advertise for Microsoft because they already are kind of doing that with Xbox Live a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't see them going. I don't, I don't see them going full out and saying, "Hey, play all these Xbox games on Nintendo Switch." Hey, oh, you like, oh, you're having a crappy experience? Oh man, why don't you come over and, and uh, you know purchase an Xbox? Yeah, I mean, there, there's <laughs> going to be titles that come over. Like we got Cuphead, and I'm sure Ori's coming. Like I'm hearing, like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Games yeah. like yeah, games like that. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as them going all out. And uh, offering all these Xbox stuff on Nintendo, I just, I just, I just can't see it happening. Not with Nintendo trying to sell their online service with Nintendo products. It's, it's a comp, it's a comp, it's a competitor on your own online network. I just don't see it happening. And it seems yes. like this uh, PlayStation so that, teaming up with Xbox, it, they were 
their combat in the fight against Google Stadia. You know, that's kind of like well, you, know, you got to make it, you got to make it clear though they're not teaming up with Xbox. Oh, they're, they're team they're Red teaming Soft, up with Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft Azure Azure. Yeah. Service. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they, they're the, the, that's what gamers are confusing a little bit is that they're not actually partnering with Xbox to put Xbox stuff on PlayStation. They're just using their servers. So it's like running, it's like running, you know, uh, just running something basically from them, paying them a fee from to Microsoft themselves. Right. And Xbox division, Xbox division is also using, of course, the same servers, mm-hmm. but they're in a completely different division than Microsoft. Microsoft yeah. owns they, it. They also talk about sharing technology intelligence, which was kind of interesting to hear about. Which means that you know for a fact that Xbox, uh, Scarlet, Anaconda, Lockhart, whatever they're called, they're they're all going to be pretty much on par with PlayStation Five. So uh, you're you're going to have all the bells and whistles on both these consoles. So that of course is going to leave Nintendo to, to kind of you know have to figure something out there, which of course they are. They're working on some consoles. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So Dave, last question for the evening. Mm. What is your favorite game yes. of all time, and why? Oh yeah, I remember seeing this question in the when I looked over the notes. Man, that is almost almost impossible to answer. Um, so many man. great games out there. Yeah, I would have to give you like a maybe a top five list, probably. Let's go for um, it. Because sometimes sometimes I like one game more than another time, and I say, "Oh, that's my favorite game." Um, but I try to, to to keep an even kill. But I think. I think my favorite game of all time is um, a toss-up between Metroid Prime, the first game, the original game, and Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. Those are my, I think those are my two top favorite games of all time. Super Metroid, and, and then what, what um, was the other game, Dave? Metroid Prime One oh, okay. on the GameCube. Yeah. And Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. Those are, I think, those are my two top favorite games of all time. Uh, followed, followed by I believe I uh, followed by probably Chrono Trigger on the Super mm-hmm. Nintendo, and Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and then probably Resident Evil Four. Yeah, those are all tens. Those are all great. Super Metroid is just that's a perfect game, basically. But that's... but 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 then you have different genres though. So then you I, I can't forget about Goldeneye. So that's like way up there too. So Goldeneye would probably be right there with Resident Evil 4, but it's a different type of genre. So it's like, it's hard. It's hard, oh, man, yeah. to to say exactly what is my favorite. But man, those games are absolutely amazing, timeless games. And, um, yeah, and we also have games like Metal Gear Solid. Great. That's my favorite Super game. Super Mario World. I mean, so many incredible games. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, I just got done playing. Uh, I believe in uh, April, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Fantastic game. Um, you know, there's just so many great games. You know, God of War last year was amazing. Um, uh, you have Super Mario Odyssey. You got Breath of the Wild. There's just so many games that stand out. But as far as favorites are concerned, I think those are my top, top, top games. Just top. Yeah, you can't go wrong <laughs> with those. Can't go wrong with those titles for sure. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, 
Uh, also, one more thing. If you're into GoldenEye, I suggest you look at my full playthrough I have on my channel of the PC. I, I played it on PC on the emulator made specifically for GoldenEye 64 to use mouse and keyboard. Oh, wow. That is a great, that is a great mod you should check out on PC. Uh, 1080p, 60 frames per second, GoldenEye, the original game with mouse and keyboard support. I, you, you should go I'll check it out. definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah, if you send me a link to it, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes when we release the episode. Sure. Yeah, that would be no awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Now, Dave, before we let you go, uh, f- for our audience, where can we learn more about you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can just check me out on YouTube. Just type in SuperMetalDave64 or go to Twitter. And I'm at, uh, my Twitter handle is at smetaldave64, smetaldave64. So I, I don't spell the whole word out, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter and, and subscribe to me on YouTube. If you like uh, uh, your Nintendo coverage, if you like in-depth information, yeah, more detail as far as uh, topics are concerned, definitely check me out. I, I, I explain everything as best as I can, and I... Uh, try to give more insight than what possibly other YouTubers don't do because of simply not having enough time to do it. They focus on too many other things. I focus mainly on uh, hardware-related topics, uh, technology, um, rumors, speculation, and just going in-depth, deep dive, that kind of stuff. So definitely check me out. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on with us, and we'll definitely make sure to share all of your information in the show notes on our website at www.destinyshow.com. And it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you and talking about video games. You're a really awesome dude, and I wish you nothing but the best of luck in your future on YouTube and all of your... Uh, E3 adventures in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, yeah, for having me on. Thanks a appreciate lot, Dave. It. Really appreciate it. Okay, we are back. And we have another special guest from the past slash our lore expert dark angel so guys let's talk about the new content the new season of opulence and we just got a lot of information this week that came out with the season of opulence trailer reveal and let's talk about that let's talk about the trailer that we saw on tuesday introducing us to the new season of opulence and it was a 60 second trailer that we saw and we got a chance to see a new space on the leviathan that we didn't really see before it looks like a new area on of the leviathan Mm -hmm. i'm really excited because leviathan those raids those were kind of my favorite raids i really liked them i mean now Last Wish is up there. It's pretty pretty cool, but that's where I kind of started my whole Sharpa career as a raider and, like, taking people through the raids. I loved taking people through those raids. Like, it was so fun. That's where I met my best friend, Eric, through doing those raids. It's just, like, I just love them so much. 
and I'm glad we get to go back and we get to finish up Callus's story because he is a very interesting character. He's not really on our side. He's not really against us. He's kind of chilling and doing his own thing. He's just there. He's, He's just, just kind of out. there. He. Yeah, because Cabal, like, they kind of, like, left him marooned on that ship. Mm, like, basically. Yes, the, you know, kinda... Basically, Gaul, the consul, and the, the, the group of people who did the coup, they. Yep exiled him on a leviathan why they exiled him on a on a ship that eats planets i don't know but basically yeah they they couldn't kill him because if they killed him all of the the people would have been like really upset and they would have to deal with this whole revolt and that's not what they want they're like no guys so it's interesting that the, all of the the cabal and all of the militaristic that's not what they used to be i think that's so fascinating because they used to be much more I guess, chill. But then with Gaul and the console taking over, they became much more militaristic and blowing up suns and all of that. Yeah, and that, like, tagline has been in all the way since Destiny 1, when they just blow up planets for getting in their exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and everything. Like, so. it, I just think it's it's really interesting, and I'm very excited to see now, what do you, happens. Do you guys think we're going to be fighting against Callus, or do you think we're going to be fighting with Callus? Ooh, that's... In Season a, of Opulence. Ooh, that's... I mean, mm, I... Looking at his history, what he normally does to a species when he wants them to work with them is he kind of does it a little bit more aggressively than... Let me think. I'm trying to figure out the armor set. Like, for example, in the Fulminator set for the, um, it's the Warlock set for Eater. Not Eater, um, the first raid. And I'm trying to figure out which piece it is. Ba ba ba. Blah 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 blah. Not the helmet. Yeah, it's there's a lot of lore in the gear. Yeah, I'm trying like, to figure. I know it's one of them. Amazing. Um. Ah, uh, I see. No, not the chest piece. I'm pretty sure it's the gauntlets. It's either the gauntlets or the boots. It almost seems like it's almost, I don't know, it, it's similar kind of like Eater Worlds, probably like, you know, there's something on his ship, he wants to take care of it, but it's going to go deeper than that. I think like, so. It's see, probably, that would be my... Yeah, I we're going to investigate what's what's on what's like. I mean, I think that Leviathan. could be a, that's a possibility. Yeah, here's here's and what it, I think. I think one of two things will happen. Either Callus is being possessed by something or someone. And we're going to have to go and fight a bunch of different enemies. Um, or we're going to have to join him to fight against something out there that's causing mass destruction that's maybe creating a taken version of the Leviathan, where the Leviathan is almost starting to do evil things, like eating different planets that it wasn't intended to eat, and it's being possessed by maybe Sabathun? Maybe. Maybe so that, that would is... be pretty interesting. 
I mean, she's already got her, like, you know, footprints and everything in Dreaming City. Yeah. Like, stuff. Definitely. So, I mean, it, it would almost make sense that she's expanding her influence to... Definitely. Yes, and, and if you saw in the in the Season of Opulence trailer, they showed a part of the Leviathan that looks like it's been taken. It's all dark and gritty, Ooh, right, and it looks right. like an upside-down version of the Leviathan. So I'm wondering if yeah. we start on a, you know, bright-looking Leviathan and all of a sudden everything turns upside-down and we have a new enemy that we're going to have to face. The other really interesting thing about the trailer that I thought was the fact that we saw Vex bosses, and I'm not sure if they were referring to gameplay of the menagerie which is the new six person match made activity that's coming with the new season of opulence but i found it kind of interesting that we were fighting vex on the leviathan yeah. i think that's the menagerie not the actual raid itself i think so too because okay. i think hive i think i think, I we're think the be hive are the main uh, focus yeah. yes if shot hive and taken because you can see the chitin at the like beginning mm -hmm. of uh where you enter in that door and everything like you can tell that's hive like uh material yes i that's, i noticed that as well pretty early on or in like the mm -hmm. first few times i watched the trailer because i watched it quite a bit hmm Trying to figure out the lore yeah. entry that I was trying talking to you guys about. Um, now, what do you guys think of the uh, treasure hunts that were talked about and shown off in the trailer? I like it. It's pretty cool. I like it. It reminds me of House of Wolves. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like, I like. Yes, this get treasure from this there. expansion does definitely gives me kind of a prison of elders, House of Wolves esque vibe because there's the menagerie that gives me a prison That's of elders vibe. Yeah, except but it's a lot they've more... expanded it to six yeah. players, and it looks like they're gonna have Vex in there. They'll probably have like Cabal in there. I'm sure it's gonna be like rotating. Definitely, yeah. Like they that. did confirm that it's you going know? to be rotating in the Twab okay. this week. Okay. Yeah. So so it was. It's it was basically yeah being able to bring something like an evolved version of Prison of Elders, but calling it something different and having it aboard the Leviathan and everything, where we're already like fighting on the raid and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Now here's some interesting things about the menagerie that was revealed actually on a website that was put up shortly after the trailer came out. And it's on bungie.net forward slash, I want to say Season of Opulence, um, but I can double check and make sure that we include the link in the show notes uh, for this episode. But they did refer to Leviathan secrets, so it almost makes me wonder what kind of secrets we're going to be getting in the Leviathan uh, to explore with the Menagerie. And also, we know that there will be a chalice of opulence and it's going to allow you to refine your gear and craft your gear almost and your weapons with special perks and abilities based on how you craft this new chalice of opulence. And we did get more information about the chalice of opulence, which we will talk about in the next segment when we talk about the TWAB. Uh, but that was really interesting. And the other thing that really was uh, 
kind of interesting for me was the fact that they promoted replayability for this new mode with ever-changing paths and enemies. So to me, that means that the Leviathan is going to change with this new activity in some way every time that we play it. Hmm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and that almost brings elements of the Infinite Forest into the Leviathan, which I think that's a pretty cool thing for them to possibly be able to pull off. Yeah, I'm... I'm intrigued yeah, to see... Yeah, and there's going to be, like, puzzles, too, yeah. like they said. Like, some, you know, some puzzles solving along with, like, you know, the the fighting. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. Enemy races. Yeah, and, and, they, and they also did confirm in the seasonal calendar for opulence that each week there will be new bosses that we get to fight as part of the new activity with the menagerie so and then once that's done we also have a heroic mode that will be available and the heroic mode you can't match make it's you're gonna have to go in with a curated fire team in order to do the activity Right. Yeah, I agree. So I that's think that's going to be pretty, pretty interesting cool. too. I'm excited to see how that goes. Now we know some more stuff as well. We know that we're going to get some new and returning exotics in the game. We know that the Rose Hand Cannon is coming with the new season of Opulence. We also know that we're getting a new Truth Rocket Launcher quest line that will bring back the truth into Destiny 2. And we haven't seen that gun since D1. I'm so ex- I, I really liked that rocket launcher. It's probably one of my favorites. It was one of the earlier exotics that I got, so it's always held like a <laughs> near and dear place in my heart. I, yeah, I got that rocket launcher six times before I got Gallowhorn. I <laughs> got Gallowhorn when Zer was selling it. That's when I got it. Oh, geez. Yep. The second time? You mean the one right before Taken King? The no, like the la like the very last like right before they nerfed it. Like right before they right, made right, right. it completely yep. irrelevant. The, yep, the yeah. week before Taken King. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. That's that's wow. Yeah. It would be like, really interesting to see rocket launchers come back into the meta because I think it would be very I interesting think... to see two two rockets in the chamber again and yeah. so I have to reload after yeah, every shot. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And also, we're having some rumors going around about Ray's lighter coming back. That's pretty exciting, that, too. I think that's actually um, Eternity's Edge. Like, it's the Warlock sword. Like, Okay. I, Is that a new yeah, sword? I uh, no, it's a sword that was in the beginning of Destiny 2. But they're bringing it back with some probably different perks and things like that. Mm, interesting. You know, like they're bringing back all three of them: Quick Fang, you know, the oh, yeah, Hunter yeah, Sword, Quick Fang, Turner's Edge. Oh, okay. And then yep. the uh, Crown Splitter. Yep, all three of them. So that's going to be really interesting to see them bring back swords. Yeah, and they're buffing the swords too. Mix. They're buffing yeah. them. They're damage. I think mm -hmm. those are good changes, honestly. And we're going to talk a lot more about the weekly update next up but before we do let's talk about gameplay updates that will be taking place in the new season of opulence we know that we're getting new power surge 
a new Power Surge quest that will introduce you to the new season of Opulence, and you have to complete that quest line in order to enter the new Crown of Sorrows raid. Yep. What are your thoughts on this? Do you guys like this new mechanic and how Bungie is bringing yeah, the new a, Power Surge quest? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, you to interact with the content. Before yeah, you, I, I like you know. it. It kind of will give us a little bit of a teaser as to what's to come in the raid. It's kind of like a little like tidbit yeah. hit, like a teaser. I was like, ta-da! Yeah, and I think if I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they said to all players, Menagerie, you're going to be able to play it once before, like people who don't have the annual pass and um, everything will be able to yeah, to compete I in that. it once. Um, I think it. I think it's everyone who owns Forsaken, but um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For okay, but yeah. That makes me wonder if if you have to enter the activity by turning something in that you have to acquire by playing certain things. I, I'm Maybe. not sure if that's what they meant. You probably get some sort of runes, like yeah. you know, your first rune. Probably. Um, towards uh, the Chalice of Opulence. I mean, they gave you um, they gave you a freebie in the TWAB of you know how to get that sniper. Yeah. Basically, the two runes that will create that sniper. I'm intrigued to see all so. of the different combinations. I know yeah. it's re really cool. And and let's not forget, we're also getting a new version of an Iron Banner quest line. Oh yeah, now, I totally forgot so about gonna that. That's going to be really interesting too to see how they change Iron Banner and how that all works. Yeah, that's going to be the second week. Looks like June 18th yeah. is when that Iron Banner quest is going to kick off. Ooh, so I totally that's, forgot yeah, that's about Iron cool. Banner because I'm not much of a PvP person. So I'm like Iron Banner, yeah, what yeah. quest? What? It's been very, very. Um, forgetful unfortunately yeah. uh recently um very uh i would say just not very fun kind of redundant a little yeah, bit yeah i get that i get that i think one of the biggest problems with iron banner is the fact that the rewards don't really feel as special as they did in destiny one yeah i think the activity in itself is not the issue i think that the way the bounties work, I think that could be reworked because it almost feels too samey with how everything else functions within the game. So I think having some kind of differentiation between what you're doing in the game, besides just, you know, completing bounties, I think that will help Iron Banner. But at the same time, bounties were always a part of Destiny, so I don't know what better system they can introduce. I think the quest line is going to be very interesting because a quest will allow you to do other things besides play control and it could flush out the Iron Banner storyline mm, yeah. much better than what we currently have as the system in place. So I'm really interested to see how that is all introduced into the game and how it affects future content after this season of opulence yeah um, i'm also really interested in how exotics will be rewarded this time around if the way we acquire exotics will now be 
different quest lines that you have to complete moving forward or if some of these exotics you'll have to acquire just by playing a certain activity like for example the menagerie and it just becomes a random drop from grinding essentially mm. so it'll be really yeah. interesting to see that and i think that we're going to have a lot with this new season to play through and to do especially as end game players because we already beat the story so we did pretty much everything there is to do in destiny yes so we're at a point now where the things that excite us are going to be those end game activities those end game pursuits like for example the new pinnacle weapons that we'll be getting with season of opulence oh yeah those uh, we'll be getting good. a grenade launcher called the reckoner we'll also get a um, I, think, I think it's called the wendigo oh it's i'm called sorry the wendigo. is it medingo yeah the reckoner wendigo. is the is the uh sniper uh, revoker. revoker sorry revoker that's okay Wow, I'm all kinds of screwing up today. Okay, so the Revoker is the sniper rifle for Crucible. Yes. And everybody's going to get a chance to get that. You'll just have to get to 3,500 total glory points. Only. Only 3,500 glory. That's all you got to do. You got this. Yeah. Exactly. Even I could probably because go you... for it, and I like hate PvP. Yeah. Exactly, because even if you lose, you're not going to lose progress towards that quest, oh, which see, is good. Oh, that's actually even if real, you lose, it's actually you win. pretty nice. Yeah, and it's a, it's it's very pretty looking. I, I like the look of it and everything. It's got a nice ambush scope on it too. Ooh, ambush scope, nice. Yeah, and then we have the Wadingo GL3 for Vanguard, and that is a grenade launcher. And then we also have a bow called Hush for Gambit. And we're going to talk about the perks that these special pinnacle weapons give you and what makes them special when we talk about the weekly update in the next segment. But before we do, let's talk about the calendar that we got. We, we did get an updated calendar for Season of Opulence. And we know quite a few things that are planned out on the new roadmap for the coming month and a half, two months. Well, July 31st, so that would be oh, literally the next two months are being planned for us. Uh, we yeah. know that we'll be getting a truth quest line. We know we'll be getting the Iron Banner quest. We know that the Menagerie Heroic Mode will be coming. We know that we have a quest, an exotic quest for Lumina, and uh, we can only speculate what that's going to give us. Maybe the rose. Or it's going to be tied to the, the rose. You can tell. Look, look, look at that well, weapon. I wouldn't necessarily definitively say yeah. it's rose quite yet, because. No, but you can see that you can see how yes. that's a rosebud at the bottom yes. of that weapon, yes. and you can see the thorns sticking out the side. I mean, it, it, it so could. I mean, we, it yeah, has definitely, definitely some I, sort I of agree. correlation. I think. Like my theory is that because with thorn, you had to. It was made by like using the darkness and that, and yeah, I was and basically thinking light. lumen is just basically the literal opposite of thorn. 
Exactly. Yep. That's my theory. That's all. I don't yes, want to like the video say, yes, you're going to yeah. be getting the rose hand cannon. And it's going to be so good. Like, I don't, we don't know. I mean, like, it's definitely a good theory. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Like, definitely. I think there's going to be some cool I'm lore there. Though. Very excited. Yeah. What do you guys think the tribute hall Ooh. will be? That's on the Isn't that calendar. right around the same time that uh, the Moments, Moments of Triumph, Triumph. Part 2 comes out? I think yeah. it would be super cool yeah. if... Um, we, we're, we're kind of, you know, yeah, memorialized probably, probably by Kellis. I think that... Because we've, we've done, done a lot, lot of stuff for him and, and everything. Yeah, that's very true. We have done... We... We got rid of mm -hmm. the guy in the Eater of Worlds. We got rid of that, that big Cabal yep. boss in Spire of We've, Stars. Yeah, we basically you know? we saved the Leviathan many times, and we have, I guess, proven our yeah. worth to Kallus. Because even when we're doing Spire of Stars, he doesn't call us, like, he calls us his guardians. So he's very... That's why he calls upon now, us he's again, gonna be like, hey, like, here, uh, and then... I'm having this issue yeah. again. I know you guys are so great. I'll give you all this super cool loot. I know that's what you guys really want. There you go. Like he yeah. know he knows what we want. We and want we, power, that's why we... and he gives it to us. So, just a yeah. thought. But what if Tribute Hall gave us a chance to replay old activities and pay tribute to them in some kind Ooh. of a way? that ties into Moments of Triumph this year. That would be really so cool. essentially a hall with like six statues and each one represents either a different strike or a different activity in the game or a different story mission in the game. And we get to relive this these moments in a... Would that be too that similar might, to Solstice of Heroes though? Because that's kind of like a week. Might we did, don't really know what Solstice of Heroes be, is going to be this year. The armor looks really good, though, not gonna lie. I saw that, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what yeah, we did for Solstice true. last year. We, we played activities. I'm thinking maybe it'll be, that, it's definitely you know. some some sort of tribute, obviously, as the name. Some memorialization, yeah. I feel like. But I'm not sure, like, really. You know, we're being memorialized for our It might our even efforts, go a step, for, like, a step beyond that and immortalize the players in, like, a sense because like this game wouldn't really exist without the pe the players in that kind of a way. I mean the game has the broken wall, the fourth wall possibly. before in the um yeah visions from the nine in the there um, was that one vision yep, where it yep, talked about, about us that. like we can leave the game we can leave we can leave the this game. place we can leave this like, game what? yeah exactly pretty much i'm like Mind we're breaking blown. the fourth wall <laughs> exactly so like that's all there's so many different yeah. possibilities i think it would be cool to like memorialize our efforts as a player and all of the achievements we've done throughout destiny 1 and destiny 2 i mean this is assuming we are having a year 3 so maybe that kind of an age of triumph sort of thing would best be more towards the end of Destiny 2, maybe? But... Yeah. I just find it so interesting that we thought Kalos was our enemy, like, you know, and it's like, he's having us do all him. this, you know. Yeah. We're just... Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't, I don't, and he's, like, paying I us. I think he's cool, but I don't necessarily tribute. trust him. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like yeah, a he's, true he's, enemy, though. He's you definitely he's more out like for a, himself, and he wants... Kind of, he's yeah. He's kind of like a drifter, Very in a way. In a, yeah. Except yeah, he has a lot more power than the drifter, I bet. A lot more power. Yeah. But he wasn't chosen he wasn't, by the nine. So, so. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have that much. The nine are just like, hmm, so we don't like you. That remains to be yes. seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's another really interesting thing that was revealed with the updated calendar for season of opulence and that is the penumbral chalice oh yeah i think that has to that's the chalice of opulence probably right isn't that like no that's a separate activity that we're going to get at the end of the Hmm. season if you look at the calendar huh Hmm. so it makes me wonder what that is What's penumbra mean again? That means... It's like the... I know opulence means secrets. I think. I think opulence has to do with secrets. And things like that. That's why people are calling this the season of secrets. The the partially shaded outer region of a shadow cast by an opaque object. Or in astronomy... Ah, shadows... The shadow cast by the Earth or Moon over an area experiencing a partial eclipse. Oh, okay. All that right. has to do with eclipse. So, uh, there's a little imagery and a little bit of um. And you uh, think it has to do with shadows and darkness? Symbolism. And Callus does call yeah. us his shadows, so that's what he calls mm-hmm. all of his people that he um. That's true. Yeah, it, it yeah, looks like some the penumbral chalice will be the last activity that we get to play as part of the annual pass content. I'm going to assume that's going to be the content we play in the month of Definitely. August. But uh, that's coming during the time of Solstice of Heroes. Hmm. That's probably going to lead us to the fall it might content. Be, it might be like a little everything. segue. Who knows? I I don't. Yeah. They've de- they definitely like their secrets, Bungie. So I feel like they'll definitely reveal what it is a lot later on. Yeah, I yeah, think what it's going to be really interesting. What is the symbol for that? Is there like I'm looking. Well, it's just a oh, chalice. It's just yeah. a chalice. Okay, it might it have to do with so... um because I know the thing for the menagerie is a chalice. It might have something to do with that, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So, guys, what are you most excited about with the new season of Opulence and all of the information that was revealed to ooh, us by Bungie? Um, ooh. Everything? Can I say everything? I can't say everything. Um, I'm really excited. That's yeah, cheating. Uh, I, I'm going to say new. Just getting the new stuff, new new gear. Like I want that raid. New loot. I want that raid right like, now. I need it. Yeah, and, and and just seeing it, yeah, seeing how that the Leviathan is has how it's changed as a space, and yeah, that's what we're also, doing there. I'm also and, excited for all know. of the lore that we're gonna get. I'm so pumped. Yeah, because I feel like this season is a whole lead up until Definitely. what's coming in the fall. If I feel we, like this is with, kind with of a the, lead up with the raid, basically fighting Hive. If we get like a Savathun's Book of Sorrow, 
I might cry. Because the Book of Sorrow that we got mm. in Taken King was all from Oryx's perspective. So it's, of course, embellished to make Oryx look oh, like yeah. the good guy. I think it would be interesting to see, like, yeah. what transpired from, like, maybe Zivu Arath's perspective or Savathun's. I just think it would be interesting to see all of that and then cross-analyze and then try to figure out what's the truth. I think that would be cool. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Because we're getting truth back. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how they incorporate exotic items into the I game and whether or not the we're going to quests because then it's like a guarantee Me that too. you get them and you do XYZ thing to get it versus just yeah. doing I, an yeah, activity totally. it's more over special and than over just getting over it, yeah. and over mm-hmm. until your eyeballs bleed not literally but figuratively speaking and I think I think there are certain exceptions where random randomizing exotic drops yeah. are okay. For the mo- like, for the most I part, think- I think quests are cool, especially if it's like, like for example, with Thorn and Last Word, how it delved really deep into the lore of the guns. I think if every exotic quest that we get has that level of like lore in depthness, I'm sold, because that's the main reason I play these games is to like get involved in like the world that we experience and that kind of stuff i just love interacting with all of the npcs and i like how they're i hope that our choice that we made in season of the drifter comes into play this season maybe because they did say it will affect it will have Mm -hmm. consequences dun 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 what that means nobody knows I have to actually finish uh, Drifter Quest on one of my characters. I, I have the Vanguard done on my hunter. Yeah. I just wanted to go Vanguard. I went on Drifter hunter. on my but, hunter, um, yeah. Vanguard on my Warlock, and uh, my Titan has not done that quest yet. I'm saving that for when um, Penumbra <laughs> comes out so then I can... Because that's a lot of powerful drops when you do that quest. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I'm actually saving it on both alt characters i decided not to do the quest line so i have not even done the vanguard Ooh. part of the quest i've okay. only uh done well no i'm sorry okay, i only okay. did the vanguard so you have you have the warlock yeah, i same. never did the, the dragon one lore. that one's cool the quest is the exact same yeah. honestly except it just it's just different on who's talking to you and stuff but it's still really cool yeah yeah, it'll be pretty interesting to play through it, especially going into the new season and how the Drifter comes into play. I think he's going to be less of a important character in this, se- in this new season, but at the same time, I think he's still going to have pretty important implications into yes. the lore and what happens especially in the new season. With the, um, with the last um, vision from the Nine and what he saw at the end. Oh, man. Yeah. The triangle spaceships are coming and we're all going to die. That's basically what's going to happen. So, guys, now that we have this reveal and we know what we're getting this season with Season of Opulence, 
Do you guys think this will keep us playing through the entirety of the summer, or do you think that the content will start feeling kind of thin? Quickly? Maybe. I feel like it. I feel like with the menagerie having such all of those different combinations of like runes and stuff, that I feel like if you're a collective collector kind of person, I feel like there probably is a lot to do. And I, especially if you're going for, like, the seals, I feel like there's probably a lot to do. I mean, maybe towards the summer, you there might be a little bit of dry content, but that's why they're doing, like, Age of Triumph and stuff like that. To try to alleviate those content droughts. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is a pretty yeah, even packed that, roadmap yeah, going, you know, forward, you know. And with the information that we're going to get next week with uh, what, you know, the, the uh, next chapter will be in Destiny 2. And then what we're going to hear at E3 when uh, Jeff Keighley talks, has a panel with Bungie and everything at E3. It's, um, I think people are going to be pretty hyped. I think people are going to be pretty, pretty hyped about what what's coming. Because we all know that it's all going to be Bungie yeah. come fall. It, it is strictly Bungie. Let's put it this way. We're going to have a lot to look forward to in the next week, and we're going to have a lot Definitely. to talk about. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm really excited. I'm getting that raid jacket. I'm getting it. And I'm going to hold yep, you to it. I'm getting it. I mean, I'm so. really glad that, I mean, like, honestly, I'm kind of glad they're doing a day one release for the raid. I mean, yes, you have to kind of grind... But you're glad, Maybe. glad too. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm not gunning for worlds first. I mean, like, we've all our little group has joked, like, what if we get worlds first? And like, guys, don't, don't even, don't even say that. Don't even say that. Because I don't want, I don't want us to like get our hopes up that <laughs> we're gonna get worlds first. Because we're, we're probably not. We're not. I mean, we're on console, anyways. So it's like, I mean. It's possible, but I don't want us to be like, yeah, we're going for worlds first. We're gonna be, we're gonna beat everybody. Yeah. It's nice that there's so many teams that exactly. are gonna have an opportunity. That's what I like about right, it. It's not. To, it, you know, it hasn't become like a hoarding. I mean, it kind of has, but literally the only thing you're doing is you're doing bounties. Like anyone can do bounties before the season starts. Like it's just giving you like a yeah, little bit of a no. head start, like a nudge, like a little nudge. So, yeah. guys, let's talk about the Bungie Weekly update or This Week at Bungie because we got some really interesting information that shared with us some more info on the Chalice of Opulence and what it is and how it will play a role in our gameplay going into the new season of Opulence. And... We learned quite a few things in this update. We learned that you earn runes to uh, put in your chalice and through different combinations you can essentially influence what drop you get and what perks they have and what masterworks they have. So you can customize the items that you're chasing after in the game i really 
yeah, it's a new way to for them for us to acquire our loot. It's um, it's a uh, yeah, it's interesting that we're gonna be able to like yeah, I, I definitely have our like own that curation because there have basically. been times where I'm just like I want to get this one thing. And I get it, but it doesn't have, like, the perks I'm looking for. Because I'll be like, dang it, I want stuff with machine guns. Because, you know me, I, I love machine guns. They're my favorite. I have a god roll um, hammerhead, and mm -hmm. I love it, and it's so good. So, like, I want stuff that's more towards my place on the fact that we can choose that. I think that's a step in the right direction. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, And just to give a quick rundown of how you acquire these runes, you can acquire them from completing weekly bounties, from opening weekly chests on the new Nessus Barge. I think it's the first time we're hearing I mean, about the Nessus Barge. In, if so you looked at the press I, kit that they put out the same time during uh, the same time or a little bit after the video, the teaser dropped, it does have a picture of the barge, which maybe, and there is a callus bot on it, was in also in the same folder. So, or it was in the same folder for NPCs. So my theory is that the barge is maybe kind, kind of, like a either like a Benedict Basically. or it's kind of like a Zer, but with mm. more... But that's just, oh, okay. I, we don't have enough information what this barge is. But I think if right. my current theory of how the story is going to play out is correct, I'm thinking that's where Callus ran off to. Callus like, I'm taking my barge, I'm taking my little escape pod, and I am out. Goodbye, Leviathan. I'm going to have my guardians go steal it back from me. And everything else. What the <laughs> fudge yeah, just happened? What? Yeah. And we know you'll be able to slot the runes into your chalice before you enter the menagerie. Then you play the menagerie to okay. earn your rewards. Completing the menagerie will award you with gear that you chose with your rune selection. Okay. I get it. So you put... Oh... So yeah, it's kind of like I, uh, I, the That's what I loved about the Reckoning is that you could your, really pick. Because yeah. that was my biggest worry. Because I'm like, oh god, I only really want to play as Collector. I don't want to accident... Like, what if I get, like, Invader stuff? I hate PvP. I don't want that stuff. I mean, eventually I got to love the sets and got the, the title for it. The only... Yeah, the only difference is, is like, these combinations yeah, the, the, are like, going to produce, like, instead that of, exact like, okay, thing, right? Because like, there I mean, was one time where I spent a good... 30 plus like playthroughs of reckoning trying to get a helmet for my reaper set that had fusion that had light reactor which when you kill stuff with the fusion rifle you uh it gives you your super and i needed that for um to try and get massacre medals on my hunter because getting massacre medals is just pain it's just pain on hunters Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I think there's another really interesting element in the game that we haven't seen before because now you can turn in triumphs and bounties for a new currency in the game called Imperials. And then you use those Imperials 
in order to upgrade your chalice so you can acquire better perks and better effects on the uh getting items that you're acquiring in the game in the menagerie so that's really interesting that's a really yeah. new spin on i'm guessing better works probably like higher like masterworks <laughs> better perks mm. and that kind of stuff i like that i think that's cool interesting yeah yeah this is like a kind of evolved um uh yeah I don't know, uh, evil very much because you would have to combine the like... certain stuff with the certain things and then you'd get the right cookie <laughs> i thought that holiday was so funny got to make lots and lots yeah. of cookies yes the only difference is you'll be able to fire these cookies these are these are all interesting changes and shadow price do you want to talk about the pinnacle weapons yeah sure uh what do we got here we got the wendigo gl3 from the vanguard and its unique perk uh is explosive light picking up an orb of light increases the next grenade's Ooh. blast radius and damage so that should be, that could be an really interesting, interesting gameplay mechanic the menagerie in a lot of team-based activities like the reckoning menagerie all of those kind of things. I think that's yeah, and gr yeah, drum-fed grenade launchers do pretty good damage too. So, um, and then they go on to say, unlike most drum grenade launchers, Wendigo Ooh. GL3 comes with blinding grenades as its magazine option for some added utility to shut down teleporting taken captains or that cabal gladiator about to get in your face. You can carry up to six grenades enhanced by explosive light. So be sure not to let any orbs light slip through your fingers when you've That's got this weapon cool. equipped. Like I'm, I, I for one am not really a big fan of grenade launchers, yeah. but I would actually probably use that because that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's got good utility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Via PVE yeah. like monsters. Because I'm just thinking of, of like That's all of the rage being, strats where know, people use like Vanguard. prospector or another type of grenade launcher to like kill Riven or something. And I'm thinking of that, using that yeah. grenade launcher instead and how that would um, pan out. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one is the Crucible uh, pinnacle weapon called the Revoker. Okay, and it will be a kinetic aggressive sniper rifle. Revoker's unique perk is Reversal of Fortune. Missing a shot returns the bullet to the magazine after a short duration. Even the greatest of snipers is not a perfect sharpshooter, and you miss every shot you don't take. The Revoker was built with mindset that you should always go for it, but keep in mind that Reversal of Fortune can only return a single bullet at a time. Along with its unique perk, this sniper has a custom low zoom Ooh. ambush SLH-25 scope and snapshot for those close quarter battles. Acquiring Revoker will not require reaching Fabled rank in competitive. Players will need to earn 3,500 total glory points, and you do not lose progress when losing a match when you're trying to acquire this weapon. Well, I think that's pretty think cool. That? I mean, it sounds like it basically has... 
Yeah. It's going to be like an event horizon, kind of like from Destiny 1. It's aggressive uh, frame. So That's it looks like it's going to be high impact from the, from the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the look of it, too. I, yeah. I'm a sucker for the Destiny 1 design, like on some of these weapons. And I just... I think it's very, very pretty weapon. Like I like the how the white and meshes with the red and everything, and it's, it's got good. I like it. I like the looks of it. I'm gonna I try going to go for, for it. Sure. Maybe if I if I'm crazy enough. I mean, I don't. The only time I ever touch PvP is for those those powerful drops. So I don't know. I'm a little. I mean, I might go for it if it's like yeah. If it's because you said we don't lose progress. Okay, then then I guess yeah, I could probably you don't lose progress. go for it. I just have to actually try in PvP. Yeah. Yeah, you just win some matches, and even if you lose, you know, you go down in glory, but Which you I, won't go I, down in the quest. I you really don't like how sometimes there's those, the, quest. the quests where you, where if you lose, you go down. It just, like, adds a whole other stress level. I mean... Some people might be like, oh, that's good, though, because you have to yeah. actually try. But for people like me and a bunch of my other friends who aren't really into the whole PvP thing and we get stomped when we go into PvP, it's not fun. I don't like it. Yeah. What about you, Corn? Yeah, I'm going to grind out for it just because it's something new to chase after. And it's oh, just yeah, another definitely. reason to play the game. So just based on that. I think that it'll be worthwhile grinding for that. And also, I'd like to make a push to try to get my Not Forgotten next season. So Aww. it'll be a good yeah, we'll go for it together. stepping stone. Yeah, we'll have to grind we'll out. Just, yeah. yeah. And now that we yeah, have the, Mountaintop, I think it's going to be interesting to play with the uh, new the new weapons and see how that stands up oh, yeah, in that's uh, true. That's competitive true. multiplayer. And for, uh, the third and final uh, pinnacle weapon for the season of opulence is called the Hush, and it's in, uh, in ga the Gambit pinnacle Ooh. weapon. And it's a solar precision combat bow. Hush's unique perk is Archer's Gambit. Hip fire precision hits grant a massive draw speed bonus for a short duration. This weapon is for those who would proclaim mastery with the combat bow. Archer's Gambit pays out significantly better than Archer's Tempo but it's going to take a more skilled hand to get the most out of it. Make those shouts count. We also have a few weapons and archetypes getting some tuning to make them more effective. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Ooh, I like so. it. Uh, so what I do you guys think of the combat bow? bow frame. It's one of my favorites. Whenever I have to do a, whenever <laughs> I had, I don't really have to do bow frames anymore because I have my ship. Whenever I did um, the bow frames, I would always use uh my combat bow, and I would just headshot, 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 headshot. And I had Archer's Tempo on it, which made it even better. <laughs> so headshot, I could shoot even fast. It had head, it had um, Archer's Tempo and Rampage on it, so it just annihilated everything. And it was, I love that bow. It's pretty good. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be going for that. Because I'm a big fan of Gambit and bows. I wonder well, how if much it's of a draw speed bonus you can be able to get from those hip pretty, fire precision hits. Pretty fast. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but uh -huh. it's definitely a noticeable difference, like significant. And if it's like, 
even let's say two times, it's that's gonna be ridiculous. Ooh, solar yeah, damage. And it's gonna yes, do solar damage, finally. So it's gonna take Because the only solar off. damage bow I think that do we have right now, think? besides, is just the vow. And if you didn't play during the vow, Crimson right? Days, and you don't have a yeah. no tyranny of heaven. Tyranny of Heaven is also... Oh, and Trinity uh, a solar, Heaven. But Trinity that's it. Heaven. Most of them Trinity are... Trinity Heaven. Yep. I guess... You're right. Hold on. How many of each boat? Do you guys think, think this right. boat will become an, a viable so. option Maybe in the game? if you're good with getting headshots. In PvE? Yeah, if you're Let's good see. at... Let's see. Right you know, now in the yeah, game, there is a grand total of one, precision. two, three, four... Six boats. It's... Uh... Two of them are kinetic, one is void, one is solar. Two are there's two solars, that'll be a third solar one. Okay, that's not too Yeah, there's arsenic bite, subtle There's one arc. Ar arsenic right? bite is the arc one, subtle calamity is, is that's the, the void, arc one, the tyranny yeah. heaven and the vow. Is a void one. Yeah. But yeah. The yeah, because I I have my a spiteful right? fang that's rolled with uh yeah, that's the and one no you get back is from like, the one like you just get from, doing uh, the Forsaken campaign. Petra. The, yeah, but I I really like the role I got yeah. in my spiteful fan. It's crisp, crispy. Yep. And contra contrary to a popular meme, what? they're going to be buffing fusion rifles this season. <laughs> Don't they always nerf fusion <laughs> because rifles? Because you know how they say like... that. They My nerf goodness. fusion rifles in every update. <laughs> Wait, yes. so they're being buffed now? For the first time in four and a half years. Yeah, wow. they're being buffed. By how much? <laughs> By quite a significant amount, actually. Um, Non-exotic fusion rifles. Um, damage increase against PvE comb combatants. <clears throat> the high-impact fusion rifles will be increased by 30%. The precision... Fusion rifles will be increased by 44%. The adaptive frames will be increased by 44% as well. And the rapid fire will be increased by 47%. And they go on to say, while some of the exotic fusion rifles like Telesto, Jotun, Merciless did receive minor adjustments due to inheriting from their legendary counterparts, they are minor increases mm. under 5% each. This change was done to move legendary fusion rifles a little closer to the exotics as the gap between yeah. them was quite large, at least in PvE. So yeah, I think this is going to make fusion rifles uh, a player I... again in the game. Yeah, definitely. Like, that is that's a, a significant pretty increase. big bump. I like it. I I mean, I've been using... I have a, the curated tempered dynamo. It, It's... It's pretty good, oh, yeah, especially if you have a rampage have mod on too, it. Yeah. it. Yeah, backup plan and rampage. Because it's, it's got backup plan on it, so you get that. Yeah, I'm, that I'm pretty glad fire. that they're buffing yeah. fuse rifles because Yotun has been very uh, potent. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I've been playing with the Arantel a lot lately, and it's really good in PvP, actually. So yeah, this is this is really cool that they're buffing fusion rifles because they're yeah they're like the most underappreciated weapons. I feel like what's a sidearm next no, to sidearms. So <laughs> I didn't even know they were in the game. No, but yeah, <laughs> sidearms definitely. I, th I feel like they they need some love. Yeah. They need some love because nobody uses them. Speaking of sidearms, yeah, spe 
We're getting exactly. some uh, changes happening like to the Sturm Yay. and the Drang. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Storm, the Stress, Max Overage rounds have been wow. increased to 99. The Sturm Overage buff text now displays the number of Overage rounds. And then finally, the Overage damage has been increased by 100% in PvE. I think that's good. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't really use Sturm or Drang. So the fact that they're like trying to buff it to get more people to like see its potential, I think that's kind of good. Yeah, because it looks like they're bringing back a yeah, new version of it in Opulence uh, from you can tell in the, uh, the screenshot there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. intrigued to see like how much of a difference and how much like how much. I played with it once after they buffed it, and I mean it was fun for a minute, but then exactly. it, it just got overshadowed, overshadowed by all the other weapons else. that came That's out cool. and got buffed. Yeah. And Shadow Price is going to be excited about the next set of updates that are coming to the game. And that's Swords. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about Swords? Yeah. Uh, the swords are uh, they're going to be seeing a buff here, too, uh, in Season of Opulence. Um, their ammo capacity Holy is going to be crap. increased to a max of 70. That's... Yeah. I'm not but sure what they started at, yeah. what they were at before. Was it like 40? Yeah. 30? No, 20, like 30, I think. 25 or 30. So that's a, that's quite a bit. That's a significant amount. Uh, their starting ammo increased by 10. Um, and uh, the Black Talon uh, gets a change here. Ground and aerial projectile ammo costs increased from 3 to 4. So there's a slight change there. Uh, for adaptive frame swords, the ground uppercut ammo costs increased from three to four. Uh, for aggressive frame swords, uh, the lunge now lunge at target with their aerial light attack. Uh, their light attack consolidated into a single damage event. Uh, the next change is the slam attack consolidated into a single damage event. And they go on to say that uh, for the final thing in the aggressive frame that the slam attack ammo costs increased from three to four. Um, so that was the aggressive frame. And now they're talking about the lightweight frame swords. Uh, they have their damage uh, tuned. The ground light attack uh, will be increased by 17%. The aerial light attack decreased by 21%. And the ground dash attack increased by 87%. The, yeah, that's a lot. That's a big one. Uh, the aerial dash attack increased by 78%. Uh, no ammo aerial light attack decreased by 49%. And all other no ammo attacks decreased by 15%. And then they say, finally, the ground dash attack ammo costs increased from 2 to 3 um, so the final thing they talk about here about swords, they say that swords are getting some adjustments. We increased ammo capacity, 
but we also increased the cost of heavy attacks proportionally to encourage mixing and light attacks to get the most out of them instead of just repeatedly using heavy attacks. Also, much like how Drain will show up in a new form for the Season of Opulence, the lightweight and aggressive swords are getting the same treatment, as you can see in the image there for uh, everybody who's uh, following along in the twop. I think it's cool. I mean, it makes sense that they're increasing the amount of, like, that the ammo does. That ammo needed for the attacks because they're increasing the ammo so much for swords. Yeah, Yeah. they're encouraging people to use them. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, I, for one, don't normally use swords that whole much. I, I like guns, pew pew guns. Um, I miss the days when yeah. swords were a viable option in the oh game. Oh my like god, I miss Dark Drinker so much. And, Don't remind uh, me. Sword. sword. So, Raise Lighter. Raise yeah. Lighter, yeah. I miss those. Boltcaster. Yep, yeah, so the, I think these are all changes that will make the meta a lot more interesting, and it will make swords a more viable option, and I think no, that's I, yeah, I agree. a good thing. I miss the days of being able to go into certain strikes and because of the burn that was active we used swords for certain things they were a viable option i think that it's uh it's going to be fun to be able to use them more i feel like they at some point nerfed swords where they just were not a viable option with anything so it's going to be interesting to see how they play in the new meta with the new content that we get to play, oh, especially yeah, with right. the menagerie true, yeah. and strike activities, anything where you have a ton of enemies that are very close to you, I think that's going to make uh, swords a very interesting, compelling option. Look at the gold. I mean, they get that nice facelift too. They get that nice gold treatment on them and everything as well. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I think these are all good changes. I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how um, these buffs affect some of the weapons that we maybe didn't really use in past seasons because they weren't really a viable option. But now things might change, so we'll have to wait and see. Oh, my God. Look at the next thing that is in the twab. Oh, my God. Becky, look at guys, that ass. Are you guys looking no. at the rage jacket? This thing looks inc- incredible. Wow. Oh, the belt. Oh, yeah, the belt looks... I'm looking at the belt. That's for World's First, though. You gotta oh, be really good. Oh, man. I'm not even, I'm not even looking at that's the belt much because I, I know I just I'm not going like, to get it. Oh, that's so neat. Glad, glad or redeem or whoever I mean, is else. I'm just... Whoever oh, else. Just, it looks dope, but... It looks so cool. I wow. have my yes. eye set on a couple things. The mm-hmm. emblem, the day one 24-hour emblem, mm-hmm. Same and here. the raid jacket. So Those are realistic things I'm that so I think I can do. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I do like the jacket, actually. I, 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 thought, uh, I thought the chalice was kind of, you know, I'm not a fan of, of the original Leviathan. Like, that's well-documented. <laughs> Well, but Dark Angels do really help us now, you so you know maybe she can Sherpa. But she can help you through the Leviathan. She'll, oh, she'll get you through your first prestige oh, mode. I would. Why is it crossplay a thing, Bungie? I, I want to help my friends. 
Because it's, uh, man, like, I got so upset at that raid, like, just over and over again, failing in the uh, Shadow Realm. Cross shoot your Scions. don't know how to shoot yep, I remember that. kill the Scions. I remember yep. that. Exactly. That's Left and right, about. cross shoot oh your Scions. Yeah. Oh. That's why I always do Throne. Exactly. I'm middle of the throne. I always would punch the scions. Not for prestige. For prestige, I'd be the one of the persons who would stay in the middle. Because, I mean, I've done void, but I only do it when it's like absolutely like no one else knows how to. I'll do it. But I, I really prefer not to. I prefer being in yeah. the throne room and killing ads. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I'm normally the person who call who would call out yeah. what to punch or if we were doing normal I would punch if we were doing not if we weren't doing normal then I wouldn't yeah we need an XXL on this uh, jacket because um, it looks a little small so I, I just definitely need, need a big one I'm I've sure. never <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to try my ass off would you wear it like if you Dude, get I would it, wear would you, it like would you all wear the freaking time. I wear it. To, I'd wear it to packs. I'd wear mount. it to all the the conventions oh, okay. and stuff that I would go to. I would definitely. Yeah. I would rock out I, my jacket, and I would rock bag. out my. Oh yeah, you have the bag. Nice. Uh, uh bag. I don't have that. I'm jelly. Yeah, I got the like, bag. I thought about getting <laughs> it, but I was like. Honestly, do it up. You can you can probably pick up the collector's yeah, edition for like fifty bucks. Yeah, probably do that at some point. I mean, for fifty bucks. Yeah, easily. Uh, Wario sixty four. He's a good follow on Twitter. He's always posting nice. deals. And, yeah, because like, I have one comes the, up the a book lot, so. with all of the callous lore. I have that. That's really the only th that and the bag was all I wanted. I mean, I have the book now because I I bought it off eBay because I was. You mean you didn't want no, the solar want blanket? Solar... Really? No, come on. no. Okay, the solar charger. What about that the solar actually, charger. The solar charger could act. That actually is useful. Uh, don't. You got me there, but I don't know. I mean, the main yeah. thing I wanted was the book with the lore, because <laughs> I wanted to know more about, and that does give a pretty good insight into Callus and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, he had, he had a daughter, but uh, she's dead now. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Well, she was part of the oh, the wow. coup to overthrow him, and there everyone who was in the coup, minus Gaul and the console, as of the start of Destiny, two were dead. They had a big red. Yeah. Shadow. It's okay though. It's okay. I mean, like, it's really interesting. I think because I don't know if it was in necessarily the book. Or if it was in one of the many lore entries in the weapons and armor. But Callus did have an Ahamkara bone. So he's messing with stuff. I wouldn't say stuff that he doesn't understand. But he's definitely... He was, but He's then his daughter, like when the coup was start, when they were starting to overthrow him, he went to his throne room to try and get the bone. But when he got there, his daughter was already sitting on the throne. She had the bone in her hand, and she went, "Squish! You don't have any more backup plans, Dad." And he's like, "Well, I'm screwed," because that was his backup plan mm. or his like one last play, kind of. Hmm. Interesting. So, we also know that um, 
we're going to be getting some UI changes that are coming with um, the, the, pursuits, the new seasonal yeah. opulence with the pursuits tab. And uh, Bungie stated the following. The pursuits menu will be moved from your inventory to the director. With this update, you'll be able to switch between pursuits and the director overview in one move. With this, with this objectives displayed in the new tab, it should be easier than ever for you to plan your gameplay sessions and knock out some bounties more efficiently. We also added some filters to give you a quest Ooh. only and bounties only view. So you can separate limited time pursuits from long-term pursuits. We also increased the pursuits size from 50 to 63 to give you more room All to hoard more bounties. So generous. I mean, from 50 to 63, they're balling over there. That's a yeah. That's a jump right there. So I would, generous. I would pay top dollar to get that increase. From All 50 to 63, man. I'll always, I this always is definitely a good quality, quality of life, life improvement. Though. I, I, so I like this. This is a good idea. But why not yeah. Why not make it 100? It might why have to do 63? with... That's what I was just about to say. It might have to be with memory limitations. Memory limitations on the consoles. Mm-hmm. You know, can't they just no. make it more on no, PC? No, don't make it more I on mean, PC. That's not why? fair. That's no, not why? fair to console players. Yes. Get a better platform. Get better hardware that can support I know, it. But I don't know. I mean, they will next year. You know, don't penalize me. I mean, I've always played Xbox on too. Xbox. Next the year. the only reason of... I don't play on PC is because there, I I would lose all my progress. I basically, the ghost would refer to me as a noob, half the time. Like, oh, what's it taken? And I'm like, ghost. I were you not? Were you turned off during <laughs> the Taken War or something? Yeah. That drives me nuts during that one mission on IO, and it's like, what's the taken? I, I like what? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to like, I was like, what? Well, no. Did, did like, they do some retcon in here or something? Remedy that what is have the veteran dialogue be toggleable in like the settings, because if you because they have it because cross platform, yeah, or cross save is not a thing. Like that would fix it, but I don't know. It just feels weird because like. If I started up on PC, I wouldn't have, like, the triumphs from D1, where it would show my raid teams beating Vault of Glass, King's Fall, Crota, Wrath of the Machine, doing uh, my f the first time I beat Skullloth. None of that would show up. And those... those... Do no, you no, it's think... fine, it's fine. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you think we could get crossplay uh... or cross-save by the fall? Do you think it's possible? I mean, Call is of Duty is like With a Call brand Duty, new. Like, I mean, I mean may, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if that's what that seek, if that's what the secret thing is that they're gonna announce, maybe. Yeah, I mean, true. They, they did say the only hard. reason they hadn't done it is because Sony was being a butthead. Like that was it. That was the only reason. It's because Sony was like, mm -hmm. but. Is this is this something that Bungie ever really confirmed, or is it something that mm, Jason true, Schreier just true, wrote true. about? Right, because I think Jason Schreier wrote an article about it, but does it mm. 
do you take that for fact? I mean, is that... Yeah, I don't you know. know. I mean... I, I don't know. It makes sense with... Give, it makes, exactly, it makes exactly. sense uh, given, given what, what Sony's, Sony's like... You know, their position on what cross-play and cross-save and, you know, like them being against it. And actually, yeah, they were blocking it from other games too and everything. You know, it's like, you know, they put up that fight when when it came to Fortnite, Fortnite came to Switch and they blocked people's accounts from playing on Switch and everything. And that and that caused a big uproar and everything. And then they had to basically give in and, you know, let the cross play happen and everything, you know. So, like, I, 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 I believe it. Schreier's been right about a lot of things, you know. He wrote a book on, you know, things that happened in Destiny. Um, blood, sweat, and pixels. Yeah, I I am so. aware of this book, but I just don't know if we can take all of this information as face fact. We weren't there. We don't know what True. circumstances were. Well, we can predict what will happen in the future, and I definitely think that the future of Destiny will be a Destiny that's inclusive of both yes. uh, cross-play and cross-save. The big question is, when is this going to happen? When are we going to see the introduction of cross-play and cross-save? Yeah. The earliest would be this fall. I don't know uh -huh. if we'll get it as soon as this fall. If anything, I see that being more of a feature that we get later on in the cycle of uh, Destiny 2. Here's why I say that. Because I think cross-save or rather cross-play, will create some unique challenges in Destiny. And it will make it more difficult for Bungie to balance the game. Because of this, I don't think they would activate such a functionality when new content just comes out. I think they're going to wait for everybody to catch up and for a time when they don't really have new raids that are going to be introduced where people might have that yeah. unfair advantage or might skew the end game in some way. Well, they would have those uh, ketchup bounties like they've been, you know, seeming to have. Yeah, have, I mean, it's going like... to be interesting. Uh, and I, I think the other aspect of it is the fact that I think Bungie is doing a lot and we have a lot of things that we want for Bungie to introduce, but I don't know how simple it would be for Bungie to just introduce these features. Could it also create more challenges for them or more maintenance work or I'm not sure how cross-play and cross-save works from a technical standpoint, but I'm wondering if there might be some technical limitations that might prevent them from doing that. I don't know. Maybe there aren't. But these are I all... know games like Fortnite, they literally said it's just a flip of a switch. <laughs> it's like you, you flip a switch and boom, crossplay is enabled. <laughs> but I think the way that Fortnite gets updated is very different from Destiny. I think in their core, they're different games. They're programmed a bit differently. Well, yeah, absolutely. But I, it can't be that hard. If you got people coding at, you know, Bungie and their master coders, some of them there, I'm sure... I'm sure that this isn't this isn't super hard. Yeah. I'm sure it's in their wheelhouse. I'm 
pretty sure it's in the works if it's not something that they have planned in the near future. And I think that the fact that Call of Duty is introducing that as a mainstream feature, I think that's pretty much pointing signs at the industry moving towards a more inclusive yeah because they have all our information they have all all of it across all platforms all they would have to do is integrate that and everything it's literally everywhere in their api um, and everything you do so all of our stuff you do have your bungie account which you can link your playstation xbox and pc battle.net or whatever um Mm -hmm. account through your bungie account so you could just I guess when assuming cross save becomes a thing, you would basically just, okay, if you have multiple saves, for example, let's say you play on both PC and Xbox, you would then be asked, okay, which save do you want to be across all platforms? And you would be like, well, shoot and pick, I guess. Like for me, I, I would pick Xbox because that's where I started destiny. That's where, I mean, like I would, would pick like whichever place you started first i guess but i guess if you if you went from xbox and then you played pc and you haven't touched xbox since then you'd pick pc like pick whichever one like you've put the most time and effort on and then that would be whatever save like you would like oh i'm at a friend's house and they have destiny 2 on playstation oh sweet i can log in and show them all my cool stuff like i think that would be yeah Yes. Just like a simple migration, but who basically. Knows? You know, I've <laughs> taken game development courses at college and stuff, and it's it's a lot harder than it seems. It's not just like you push some buttons. Oh, oh yeah. there's a game. Oh, it's yeah. coding, lots of coding. Yeah, I, it's hard, I think it's I it's think it's a lot well more complicated their, like, than a simple push of a button, flip of a switch, and everybody can play together in harmony and But it's well within their their reach of doing. If they can make these big worlds and they can make all this other stuff, then they can definitely make this happen because it's it's literally all there. Everything is all there. You know what I'm saying? Everything when we log on to, like, it's all there. Like, you could literally switch between your accounts and see your stuff. I think it's going to be everything. really interesting to see how they address uh, cross-play and cross-save, yeah. especially with Call of Duty pushing. It's all maintained in their that. servers and things like um, that. So and it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out this fall. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about this next week after the video reveal for what is coming after Season of Opulence. Dude, if they announce it, if they if they say it's coming, I'm I'm just gonna like, man, <laughs> I might faint. <laughs> like it's 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 gonna be yeah, pretty cool. I'll be if pretty it does happy, happen. I guess, because that means I can like. It might be, but I don't know. I I'm think it's, basically yeah not trying to think of any expectations whatsoever, because if I if I like think of the greatest and best thing that I want, it's probably not gonna be that. So. I'm just not going to expect anything. Definitely. Community-wide, I think, I think cross it's the most requested save. thing. At minimum, cross-save, if you not cross-play. At minimum. Because cross-play is a little bit tougher because yeah. you have PC running at a different frame rate. And it's harder 
Yeah, it's a lot harder. It'll be better next generation. Because keyboard and mouse is very different yeah. than, you know, controller. How would you, how would that work, like, in a competitive yeah, that's true. game? For example, like, like, P. I, I know there are some Even people who use, use controller, controller on PC, and there are some people who <laughs> use keyboard and mouse. How my only concern with cross play is how would that work in like PvP, for example, where on PC there's a lot less yeah. recoil, supposedly. I've been told. Cross save, yeah, cross I think, is a lot more viable would, they could than cross first. play right now. That's just my that's just my take on it. Is yeah. I don't think, because yeah. and I know I know a lot of people are just like cross. I just play, want it. We need it. I, like, I just I just I want it's it. It's a lot harder than just like Corn said. It's a lot harder than just flipping a switch. It's you gotta they have to like figure out a way to like balance everything because do they just get rid of recoil entirely or like I don't know. It's a very tricky situation. Mm. Dealing with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, I see. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how yes. they uh, address these challenges and these questions going into season of opulence and the future of destiny. Now, before we wrap things up for the evening, I do want to ask you guys. What are your thoughts on uh, this week's Bungie Weekly Update? How would you rate the weekly update in spicy tuna Ooh, rolls? Um, One to five. I would probably go like uh, five, four, four and a half. I don't know. It was really, really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that they're like giving us like actual numbers now when it comes to like increase, decrease. For that sort of thing. Like, that's a good thing. The fact that they're giving us so much information about, like, Season of Opulence. The fact that they're, like, showing the raid jackets. Like, I've been looking forward to those raid jackets for so long. I'm like, I need them. I don't care what they look like. And I looked at it, and I'm like, I still need it. So, I thought it was pretty good. It definitely hyped me up. Seeing that day one emblem, definitely, I need it. I definitely, um, I definitely... Loved this twelve. It was very good to read. I'll be honest. I kind of like skimmed the first chunk, yeah. looking yeah. for the part where they talked about the raid. Cause I'm like, I just want to see the jacket. And then I was like, okay, this is what the jacket looks like. Amazing. Oh my god. Okay, now I gotta go read it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Like, um, I get. It. I'll give it. I exactly. That's the thing. It's just like can't really there's nothing about it that anywhere. I'm just like, oh like, man. Yeah, there's it. It's jam packed with th with information and it, lots of cool th stuff and you know just that you know even though we did get that uh, hint uh, as uh, at that uh, reveal of the next chapter uh, of Destiny Two next week you know earlier but then they added it at the end again. You know, just to reiterate that, you know, kind of drive that home. Like, you really want to tune in next week after what sucks you, is I you have know, an exam during, during that time. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> like oh, it literally. Yeah, I'll, I'll just well, have to catch up, play YouTube catch up, which is a little afterwards. saddening. But, you know, can't miss my final exam. Yeah. Can't. It's just like, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's important. Definitely like uh, five. Yeah, I'd this is say a like... five for me. Yeah. This. There's a lot. Even a change to the UI, like oh, adding the triumph they did or the, also, the they pursuits this on Reddit, to the um, uh, but they didn't to the director in the um, and everything. Exotic catalysts are now all going to be in. If you go to your triumphs under account, they'll the, the there'll be a chunk there that's for catalysts, and then you can see where you'll get them and stuff. So I think that's a little, a nice little. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to change Destiny sets going forward, Maybe. too. I wonder if uh, Josh is going to do some uh, I think that's just a little nice API thing. So there'll be some catalysts where I'm like, shoot, where do I get that again? I always forget. Yeah, and he also said that um, uh, the one, the catalyst for, oh, yeah, uh, the, what are those weapons? The ones, Graviton the Lance, ones that were the um, faction relics. Yeah, they're coming back. And, uh, the, yeah. Which is pretty coming, nice. That they will be available. In opulence. See, a 10 out of 10. Too, so. Five stars. Yeah. Uh, All yeah. of the spicy tuna rolls. Five spicy tuna rolls. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to give it five spicy tuna rolls because I think they had a lot of really great information and there was really nothing to take any points away for. I think that Season of Opulence looks very promising. I think that everything that we saw in this update points to a Definitely. successful season in Destiny that's going to give players who play the game enough to keep us playing. By no means will I say this is an update for anybody new. If you're new to the game, you can probably skip it. You know, there's but if you're playing the game if you enjoy Destiny, definitely we have enough to keep us playing and to keep us or if you're just slightly intrigued and you want to you know act you know you have a friend to jump in with and play and everything Definitely. like you know might be fun time to because you could do that quest yeah but, and everything but here's and, the thing i would only recommend it if you're close to 700 if you're not close to that light level i mean yes you do have the power surge bounties and you're going to have the catch-up bounties when the new season launches. But I don't think there's going uh -huh. to be enough if you left the game. If you left the game and you stopped playing, I don't think there's going to be enough to, to make you get back into Destiny and, and be really... Uh, yeah, I think it. it's really a case-by-case. Case. A, case a lot of so my, people... my clan, they took a break from yeah. Destiny yeah. this season because it's all PvP. Or not really PvP, but non. There's no raids, and that's what our clan is kind of based on. Yeah, but, raids. So a lot mm -hmm. of the people they just like are like, we're just gonna take a break this season. Mm -hmm. So, and they're coming back. A lot of people are like seeing all this and like, okay, we're coming back. But they they do have to do a little bit of catch up. But with those like yeah, power, those bounties thing, uh... that get them close to six forty, they're all like really close to max power. Yeah. Already. And it's the thing I talked about before, you know, I, I'm kind of like reiterating this point, driving it home again, the familiarity of the, the things that we've had, like similar oh, looking yeah, that's true. weapons that we saw in D1, but like 
evolved versions. You know, you you got this weapon that looks exactly like AOS Luna. You got something that looks like uh, 77 Wizard, a fusion rifle. You got a shotgun in here that you can get as for the loot. It looks like Matter Order 64. Um, you got the sniper rifle yeah, that looks like an LDR or Praetis Revenge. You know, familiarity, you know, connecting us to, to you know, to the to destiny and everything. These are the things that, you know, we yeah. we we play the game for, you know. We you know, we, we when we get new loot, it's like Christmas, you know? And it's exciting and it looks good and it's fun to use and, you know, it's it's it, that's what, you know, getting that familiarity and just getting back with our buds playing and, and enjoying ourselves, you know. And seeing what's new and, you know, how the world is changing in Destiny and what threads they're going to connect together in this season, uh, how the story is going to shape up leading out of opulence and into the fall and everything. So, yeah, it's all going to be really interesting to see how everything plays out. And we're going to learn so much more next week uh, by our next episode. We're going to have a much better picture of what the future of destiny will look like this fall and going into the new season of opulence so yeah it's been it's been an absolute blast and dark no angel problem, thanks dudes. for joining us tonight yeah it's been it's been an absolute blast and guys i think we're pretty much yep. we've talked about I everything for this week. So I don't know how much more we can discuss, but we will have a lot more to talk about next week. And before we wrap things up for the evening, I do want to give the audience um, some more insight on where we can learn more about you guys. And Dark Angel, you want to let um, everyone know where we can learn Twitch, more about you? And well, I, I try to do that every day, but you know, with end of the quarter i've kind of been a little shaky on the whole live streaming every day kind of thing because i'm like finals i have to like pack my whole apartment room basically by myself so that's great because no normally i have like friends or my family come and help but they can't this year so that's great do it all by myself enough about that you can find me on twitter with so i go under the cocobeel alias i guess everywhere so it's um Twitter.com slash C-O-C-O-A-B-I-E-L. Cocobiel. Same thing on Twitch. So, yeah. Awesome. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on Twitter uh, at ShadowPrice79. And... I'm going to hopefully start to get back into Twitch streaming and you can uh, follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash I am shadow price. Very cool. And you can find me at OMG Cornholio on Twitter and you can also find me at I am Cornholio on Twitch. I will be streaming the new raid when that comes out on June 4th. And we're going to be grinding for Same. the day one completion. Uh, you can also find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. I can probably spend the entire night telling you where we are. But wherever you listen to podcasts, 
you can find us. We also have a website at destinyshow.com where you can find the latest show notes for each and every episode of the podcast. And you can also find us where else? Pretty much uh, we have an Instagram that uh, I hardly post to. Um, And you can find all of the links in the show notes to our guests and our co-host so thank you very much for tuning in for another exciting episode of the destiny show podcast and we cannot wait to see you all next week and talk about more destiny and to play the new season of opulence one quick shout out left uh i wanted to thank super metal dave 64 for coming on the podcast tonight it was awesome having him on and talking about the world of video games and nintendo and e3 and everything we have to expect uh going into that yes thank you very much super metal dave for joining us tonight and for uh chatting with us about video games and e3 and we also thank dark angel for coming back and hanging out with us for another episode no problem thank you dark angel it's a blast hanging out with you guys Guardians, good luck on your grind for that world's first in Crown of Sorrows raid, Indeed. and we'll be watching and we'll be playing. Get all Until the next bread. time, Get Guardians. All of it. Just all of it. All of the breads. All the bread. And the butter. I saw and that. The they were all like, we have bakeries full. We don't need any of the bread. Because someone was like, I will give you all of the bread if you tell me all of the secrets. And they're like, no. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.